Welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. On today's episode of our Mass Effect analysis, we're going to be covering Pharos and Vermeer as our two main story quests. We're getting very close to the end of the game. Um, next week will be the final episode. That's actually. freaking crazy. <laughs> right? This game's so short compared to what we just came from. So by. short compared to Xenogears. Yeah, um, man. We already have people voting on the next game. We're going to be doing a Final Fantasy game next. I will have announced oh. this on the previous episode. Of course. So Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy X, and Final Fantasy VI are the three to vote on. Yep. Vote on Patreon and or Subscribestar. Yep. Sign up there at the $5 level or above and you can vote. Um, so yeah, uh, next week will be the final episode and then week after that we'll get started on a new game. Hmm. So... Let's see here. I wanted to talk a little bit about some side quests okay. before we like really jump into the meat of the Pharos mission, um, because we uh, one of the one of our larger criticisms of like the Citadel in particular was the mm. Shaira uh, side yes, quest. Yes, right? yes. At the end of that, she gives you a trinket. Yes. Yep. Have you found I the did. side quest in which you put that to use? I did. Okay. I want it's to see what your thoughts are on this. It's fascinating. Yeah, so what's that planet called, by the way? There's the a planet is I called can't remember El Tania, I think. Yeah, because I've been I've been all around. I'm having a blast yeah. um, exploring all these planets. But yes, I did find Yeah, so it's Altania, right? Mm-hmm. So you go there. You kill a bunch of aliens. It's pretty typical. Pretty but typical it, for what you do when you're exploring. Yes, when you're exploring these these uh, planets. But you do, you come up to a strange orb. A huge glowing orb that's like kind of liquid and reflective. And it just looks really Yeah, it's cool. like a metallic liquid yeah. surface on it. Yeah. It, I, well, I don't know. I guess it's Prothean, right? Because yeah, it's like a Prothean, really. It's based on the Protheans. And as the Protheans were observing the earthling peoples, the cavemen, basically, yes, from yes. a long, long time ago. And um, so, and I guess they were on Mars, and they were watching Earth people. <clears throat> now, I'm a little confused about how the, what happened. I'm actually, I had in my notes to ask you about this. What okay. do you think, what do you think of the moments where it goes into a narrative, kind of a, a story, within just the dialogue boxes? Yeah, it's just It text. does this, it does this several times. But this one gave me some near vibes of just, yeah. you're, you're living a separate life. It, right. it felt like to me that Shepard literally lived like months and months in yes. this other, per, a, a separate life and then just, yes. and then came back. Yes. That's freaking crazy. Yes. It didn't feel that way at first. Well, it, it did feel that way, I guess, but it didn't, I, I don't, I didn't feel like I was supposed to read it that way. If it was supposed to be just a quick flash or if it was really supposed like to be. Long like he actually experienced a yeah. life. Of it, like a caveman, essentially. It seemed that way. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. I remember And the then he first just comes time, back and he's like, oh, there's nothing. So the first time I came across this, yeah, the, the text-based sort of like way in which it gets it across is possibly just a time constraint thing. I mean, they're not going to build like a whole like separate game within a game almost where you're running yeah. around like a caveman, right, and playing through that. But I wouldn't expect them to do that. This does happen elsewhere, though. This yeah. isn't the only place. I feel like there's like a remnant of like text-based adventure style delivery of certain things. Yes, um, for sure. Like uh, Chrissy was watching me play um, Resident Evil 4 a little bit. 
Oh yeah. And she thought it was really strange or awkward where when you like approach like the table with like a, a nasty pot full of like gross stuff in it. And mm -hmm. it'll it'll sit there and it's like you look into the pot and you see <laughs> blah 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 blah. Yes, She's yes. like what why is it doing that? It's, you can just look at it. It's a remnant of an old <laughs> but game. But it's yeah. it's like games were transitioning into this cinematic mm -hmm. sort of like presentation on like that PS2, PS3 era. It was like going through a a longer sort of gradual transitional yeah. phase into strictly cinematic presentation. Yeah. And so like some of these games still you'd see little bits of like what inspired or where it started out as yeah. decades before that, where they had to describe literally everything. What was that? <laughs> literally everything. <laughs> so it feels a little bit like that, but it, it feels strange. But I, I get, I feel like I get why it's there. It kind yeah. of helps things move along. Like yeah. sometimes I, this happened either Pharos or Vermeer. I can't remember which one. But at the very end, once you've done everything, once you've you know beat the boss, so to speak. Um, you'll get a little dialogue, I think it was Vermeer actually, you'll get a little dialogue option that says, um, sh um, you, you then, no, oh, what's like return, return to the Normandy basically. Yeah. You don't have to go back through the whole thing, like return to Normandy, question mark. You say okay and then it says something along the lines of, you know, Commander Shepard cleaned up things and fixed everything upright and then returned to the Normandy and then, and then you're there, right? Yep. But that almost feels like, um, like a movie edit kind of thing <laughs> sure. instead of having you go back out or having a fast travel thing or something like that they just threw in some text that was like okay you're done here i don't know why they had to narrate it not spoken narrative but how, why it had to be narrated yeah, in in the text, text saying something that was pretty obvious yeah now this one's less obvious but it's it's fascinating it really reminds me of of near this is definitely the longest of that sort of text narration that they do in this game it's like several paragraphs long describing that Shepard like lives almost a life of uh, some primordial human. Some random person, Who was yeah. being observed by the Protheans. They inserted something into his head. Oh, he yes. He could feel he the could lump feel it. Yeah. on the back of his head, right? Yeah. And he went and hunted and, you know, lived his normal life or whatever. Yep. But then, you know, there was another time, obviously, where they came to like extract <laughs> the thing that they had put in and there then and it then was they'd over. take it for study, right? Um, but at the time yeah. that I had played this game for the first time, I had, so I grew up uh, being more of like a Star Wars kid, right, mm. than a Star Trek kid. Oh, of course. My mom really liked Star Trek and I would watch it with her sometimes, but I was not like terribly familiar with like Star Trek in general. Mm -hmm. Have, so when I first played this, I thought this was like the craziest thing mm -hmm. ever. I was like, oh, that's such a cool concept. but. It's pretty much lifted out of Star Trek The Next oh, really? Generation. Like exactly. Um, there is an episode on TNG, um, season five, episode 25, which is called The Inner Light. Mm. And in that episode, Picard sort of like finds himself as like a person living in this community on some world. And he's like, I shouldn't be here. Like, what's going on? I'm mm -hmm. a starship captain. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he lives almost a full, like, second half of a person's life because he yeah. has a wife. Okay, he has starts children, in the middle. Yeah. Right? And essentially, he lives all the way out to this person's death. Like, how, and, and he's, he's a scientist who's trying to deal with, I can't remember what the threat it was. It was something to do with 
climate change or something on this okay. planet. The planet's essentially doomed. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to work to find out how to save it, but like he can't do so. He lives the entire life of this person mm -hmm. and eventually comes to accept that his, his uh, memories of being a starship captain were like delusions. Uh, he has course, yes. children, children, yeah. uh, grandchildren on this world, mm -hmm. lives this whole life. And then at the end of the episode, he wakes back up as the captain. He's like, it's a, he, he, he's changed as a mm -hmm. person almost instantaneously to everyone on the Enterprise. But for him, it's like he lived a whole lifetime as somebody else. Wow. And so he's, because Picard is, is, he really doesn't like children in the earlier seasons of Star oh, Trek. Oh, yeah. He, he's like a very rigid, um, kind of like by the book kind of cap starship captain. He sure. doesn't like kids very much. And he gets, he, he learns to love children after this episode. Oh, nice. And like really changes and softens up, becomes more like the, the grandfather people remember Picard to be like, mm -hmm. even though he wasn't really that way in the show oh, yeah. very much. Anyways, it's a similar thing going on here. It's like Shepard lives the life of this caveman. And I just love that I do concept. too. You know, that's actually part of the Chronicles of Narnia, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They, they live out their life in, in Narnia. Oh basically. yeah, that's true. They're adults and then they come back. As kids again. And then they're, they're kids again, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they come back to the to the real world, so to speak. Yeah, it's a cool concept. And it was, yeah, it's it fascinating. Was a, and it's just, it feels like, obviously it's kind of paired with the Shaira side quest. Yes. But it feels so random or unprompted when it happens. It feels like just like an oh, emergent yeah. oh, yeah. part of like exploring exploring the galaxy. Yes. And it's just like it hits you out of nowhere and it's just like, oh my gosh, that was really cool. It was very cool. <laughs> it was very cool. It was just really, really interesting. But it's one of those things where let's say they did, they tried to have it be in-game instead of just explained through text. Yeah. That would have been weird. Yeah. I don't know that I would have liked it as much. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been a crazy just diversion, a just detraction from the actual game. But in its narrative form, in its condensed, you know, how it is now, it fits very well. Yeah. So. And I also think it fits with kind of just Prothean culture in general as something that they would try to record. Oh, yeah. Like, right, because with the whole thing with the cipher we're going to get into later, which is yeah. like ancestral memory, it's all very Carl Jung, yeah. collective unconscious. That's like how the Protheans' brains worked. Okay, They right. like inherited like ancestral memory. Memories. And like they had an understanding of like the full picture of like the whole race. Yeah. And that's what's happening when, when Shepard approaches the, the, the beacon, the Prothean beacon. He's, he's having like the whole Prothean history like inserted yes. into his brain. Put into his brain. But it, there's almost but to this, a non-Prothean, it's yeah, just nonsense. It's just like, whoa, this is an yeah. overload. I can't yeah. handle it. My brain doesn't work like this. Right. But the Prothean brain, and, and I think the way that the the Asari explains it later yeah. is something like it's like trying to describe color to someone who doesn't have eyes or something like that. There's just there's a, a yeah. different sensory um, ability that the Protheans had regarding this collective unconscious idea that we don't have. And so it's very hard to interpret their messages through the Prothean beacons. Um, uh, anyways, so hmm. it, it would make sense that they would be interested in collecting like lifetimes worth of experiences yeah. from the people that they are observing because that's how they would study it. That's how they right. would understand it. So that's it, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. That's pretty cool. Um, 
Any other side quests of note that you'd like to touch on before we jump in? Oh first? gosh, there was one or so, but um, I can't really. I probably couldn't say uh, specifics. I don't remember. Did you? You chose um, the sole survivor Aku's background. Yeah, Aku's. Right? Yeah, Aku's and Spacer. Yeah, so I did too. So I came across at least one side quest where um, there was another survivor from yes, Akus. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. And he had been taken and studied. That's the one, that's the one. So there were multiple survivors, and the reason the Akus thing happened mm -hmm. was apparently it was because up. of a company. Well, I can't remember what the company was called. There's a couple of them. There's a bunch of like Exogeny, yes. and like a bunch of Cerberus and Cerberus. some others. Yeah. So there I think was, this one was Cerberus, if I'm There was mistaken. a science experiment that yeah. was like, hey, we're just going to use these people, right? Yeah. And the whole disaster happened. I still don't have a clear picture as to what happened on Akus, but everyone keeps saying, oh, it was amazing. You survived. Good job. You're amazing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not yet completely built out for me. Uh, but yeah, we come across this guy that we know, and he re he recognizes us, and we're just like, wait, I thought I was the only survivor. And this guy's been experimented on like for basically his whole life, and I guess he broke out, and he's seeking revenge yeah, on he's all on of the, the engineers who and all the scientists. Experimented on him. Yeah. Yeah. And my understanding was that he hadn't killed anyone yet. This would have been the first person yeah. that he would kill. Uh, because he's like, yeah, I'm not going to become a murderer because of this. If you do the Paragon options, you right. can talk him out of it. And he's like, okay, I won't become... Implying that he has not yet become a real murderer. But when you first see the situation, you're like, dude, he's killed a bunch of people. He's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And he shows up, and now we got to stop him. Um, but the guy, the guy actually agrees with him and says, I didn't realize something, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell people about it. I'll make this public or something, right? Is that correct, or am I thinking I think of a different up, one? I think you end up just arresting him. Because you can talk you him out of, t of killing him with like your, your Paragon. That guy, oh, you're right. Maybe I'm thinking of another one. There's another time where, um, gosh, because I did, all, I did a ton of these there's missions. There's a ton of side quests. Yeah, there's another one do. where you can convince someone that, that, they, that, should, that uh, they should go and uh That might have been on Pharos. Reveal. There's, there's um, oh. what's her name, Lisbeth... Uh, Oh, I think you're right. The daughter of um, Juliana, yes. who works for Exogeny or whatever. I can't yes. remember, but anyways. But there was another one, too. Even still, there was another one where you find um, this. It was part of a quest from um, the... I, I, I can't... I, I forget all the names, but from the main <laughs> central place. Yes, the Citadel. The Citadel. Yeah. And um, you find her, and she wants you to kill her leader, and she's doing all this illegal stuff, but she's super rich, and she has a yeah. really good lawyer, apparently. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. She can get out of anything. Well, you end up finding her later on, running this operation, and she's basically like, hey, you can't, you can't get me. You know, mm. I'm, I'm above the law. Just let me go. Pretend none of this happened, and we'll, we'll call it even, right? Yeah. And I don't know what... I don't know if I chose the perfect Paragon option or not, but I ended up killing her. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up like, hey, no, the law's the law. We're going to bring you in. And yeah. she's like, ah, that's not going to happen. And she pulls out a gun, and you end up just killing everybody in yeah. the room. Yeah. Um, but that oh, was another mission. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one now. Yeah, I did that one, too. The woman. You find her on, like, a freighter out in space. Oh, is that what it was? Or, yeah. or was it? I thought it was on no, a planet. No, it was on a planet. It You're could right. have been on an asteroid It was on a planet. 
And yeah, like that you go, you fight through there, and then yeah, I, I remember that one. Yeah. I did that. So she became the new warlord person. Yeah. But then we're like, no, not oh, you. Oh, because because it was all it was all tied to study of the Thorian, I think. Oh, right? was that it? Yeah. So oh, they they okay. they um the, they were right. there were a bunch of people who like um, when the Thorian is killed after you finish the Pharaoh's yeah. mission or whatever. Um, they like lost control of their subjects on this world or something like okay, that too. Yeah. And oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. that's what happened. So the Thorian, we kill the Thorian, and yeah, on the other planet where they were studying it, all of a sudden it kind of yeah, it's it, like the connection, <clears throat> the Thorian connection was broken, and then they they, they kind of lost control in their lab there. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, right. nothing needs to be that's know, right reported on this. Yes, the, it does, the, and then the, she tries to kill you. The <laughs> amount of science experiments that go horribly wrong in this game in the Attic Traverse, yeah, <laughs> it's like holy crap, it's crazy. There's a lot going on. So yeah, Akuz, I pulled it up here. Okay. So it says uh, if Commander Shepard has the sole survivor background, the commander has the only known or is the only known Marine to make it out of Akuz alive. If Shepard meets Officer Eddie Lang on the Citadel with this background, Lang will comment on a monument at Akuz and an entire section dedicated to Commander Shepard, suggesting that the colony of Akuz survived the Threshermaw massacre, or at least that a new one was established in its place. Uh, Shepard can later discover that there was another survivor, Corporal Toombs, who's yes, who that's you find, Toombs. right? Who claims the slaughter at Akuz was not an accident. According to Toombs, the renegade black op group Cerberus okay, deliberately Cerberus. set the Thresher Maws on the Marines to study the creatures and see how the unit reacted. And then they recovered Tombs and some others who were not dead. Shepard had assumed he was the only one who lived through this right. attack. But they basically studied him. And so yeah, he was after revenge on those Cerberus scientists yeah. who did that to him. But so we, that was a we good talk one. Him down. They also mentioned something about it when you go back to the Citadel and you're riding an elevator and yeah. it says something like uh, uh, it's been revealed that a horrible experiment happened yeah. on a coos, and you're just like, do do do, riding the elevator. And it's, like, <laughs> it's so funny riding that elevator after you've done a significant amount of things within mm -hmm. the game because the news is about what you've done, yes, exactly. but they don't really mention you. Yeah. They just say, oh, something weird happened on what's that? Uh, what's that planet we talked about last time with all the science experiments in Peak oh, Fifteen? Oh, um, Novaria. Yeah, Novaria. Yeah. Uh, a science lab in Novaria has completely collapsed and been destroyed, but we don't know why yet. And yeah, it's, it's they're really still funny. investigating it. I enjoy those. So I like yeah, those a lot. I think depending on the background you choose, yeah. whether you're Earthborn or Soul Survivor or whatever, um, it will change which side quest you encounter. On that um, planet? Yeah. Well, I don't or know if it's on that planet or that freighter or wherever it is, or okay. if it's different, a totally different place. I, I have to get through on my other uh, Shepard playthroughs, which I was not able to get quite as far on. Because okay, I just right. didn't have time. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, and, um, you know... I'm doing like all the side quests on my first playthrough, but not mm. on the other ones. I'm because I'm rushing through the missions to try to catch up. Yeah. So I'm not doing a lot of the side quests on those. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that the these missions change depending on what your background is. So that's another way that your background affects the game, right? Right. It's pretty cool actually because I was thinking when I first made the decisions of who my character was going to be. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned it at the beginning. They're like, oh, you you show toughness. You were the only survivor on a coos. And I thought it was going to be left to that, more yeah. or less, that it wasn't going to continually be re-mentioned over and over. Yeah. This was a pleasant surprise to see that they've really carried out this story. And it makes me very interested 
because of my FOMO, <laughs> to <laughs> want to know well, what all the other ones that I yeah. didn't pick. and What would those have turned yeah, out like? Yeah, what those would have turned out like. Here's the one thing that I like about short games, <laughs> yeah. is, is re you can related to this. When they give you a lot of choices, yeah. it's a very choose-your-own-adventure style story like this. When you can beat it quickly, it makes it nice to be like, I can finish a run and then start over and choose totally different stuff yeah. and see what happens. And you get like more or less the same play time. Give, gives you a reason to play it again. Yeah, a same play time out of Mass Effect as you would for, say, something like Xenogears if you wanted to, but you can play through it several times. And I feel like yeah. I retain more that way. Mm. Right? When I just play a game once and it's very long, it's like there's so much info to remember. It wasn't until our my second visit on the podcast of... Xenogears that a lot of it started to stick and it's oh, like yeah. now I really got a handle on it yeah um, which is why when there's shorter games even like Chrono Trigger which is much shorter but there's many different endings yeah. um, I like that because you can just like pick it up and replay it again and it just for me yeah. it like it helps me remember everything keep it all in order like understand it better so I prefer shorter games for that reason particularly RPGs that let you make choices you know, I'm remembering when I was really young, when I was like 10 or so, I, I read a Choose Your Own Adventure book, mm. and I was, I, first off, I was very confused by it. <laughs> Second you, off, you just switching page I didn't by like page it. by page? Oh. Yeah, well, because it said, you know, you pick this, Skip go to this, to page. this page. And I'm like, it felt weird skipping all those pages <laughs> to go to that one thing. And I was like, what am I doing? And I'm reading that, but I feel like I'm missing stuff, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so... I basically, after the first time, and I kind of got where it was going, I I never finished that book. I never really read much of it. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like just the idea of you pick a thing and you skip over all this other stuff to read the next thing. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. It's more it's more um, tangible in a book. Sure. Because you see what you've skipped. You know, right. in a game, you don't know till later what you missed out on. But. Sure. Um, let's see. I also did... All of those, like, destroy the Geth bases side quests. I did a couple of those. I couldn't, I don't know um, if I did all of them. But. Yeah, you, you, there's, I think there's three worlds they want you to go through. They're all in the same system or the oh, same cluster. Oh, probably did. Same that. star cluster. Yeah. You go destroy the three Geth bases, and it's like, oh, we've triangulated, like, their fourth, like, real stronghold yes. in the system. Yes. Because Hackett, Hackett gives you these missions. He calls in as, like, yeah, once like, you, Shepard. Yes. I really like his voice. He's, he's got a cool voice actor, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we got this problem going on here. You're the and only one who can take yeah, care of it. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to make it formal. We just need you to help us out. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, oh, there's a Geth incursion in the, I don't know if it's Ada Hawking or which star cluster it's in. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, you triangulate to their actual, like, stronghold. You go there and destroy it. You gather a lot of, like, really um, important intel on the Geth by doing this. And then you can... Uh, essentially give that to Tali. Tali yes. will come to you she and be asks. like, hey, this would be really good for me to take home yeah. to you know the, the flotilla for, for my pilgrimage. For pilgrimage yeah. And you can choose to give it to her or not. Yeah. Um, so I really like that one too and how it tied into her. Um, there was another one that I remember doing, but it was about um, there were more of the, what are the, uh, the insect species? The rachni. The rachni. There's mm. more rachni somewhere else, mm, right? Yep. So I thought that at that one at the planet, was it Novaria? Novaria. That that was the only rachni yeah. left. They had another lab. But there was another, elsewhere. yeah. <laughs> and then the rachni were attacking a bunch of humans and were basically killing them all. And so we show up um, to help them kind of fight it off. And that yeah. 
that was another one. I can't remember what happens there. There's a woman that's kind of in command of that whole fleet. And it's kind of cool because it's one of those where you, you, you set up the defenses and there's the gun and everything and you can tell people where to be and then and then it comes. It's almost like, what, what are those games called? Like a, a castle defense or a, yeah. those types of games right. and then they all come and you're just like, or like the Nazi zombie mode yeah. back in the Call of Duty games. Just taking and out all the you, you wait, you know they're coming, you're just waiting, and then they all show up, and if you've prepared well, then you can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. That was super fun, too. Yeah, and then another one I really liked, another Hackett sort of, like, uh, mission he, he gives to you. And you kind of mentioned this, but each time you just kind of, like, go into a system, if there's something to do there, yes. Hackett will just come on and tell you, yeah. hey, we need you to do this. And I like it. From a gameplay <laughs> yeah. perspective, I like it. it it's weird story-wise, but... Gameplay-wise, it's awesome, so I don't mind it at all. Yeah, so he, he talks about, like, a probe um, that had, like, a nuke built into it, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. That they had, they had been using during First Contact War. They just kind of sent them through mass relays okay. to, like, go out and explore, but, like, be ready to self-destruct, like, if it encounters you know, an enemy or something like that. You know, this doesn't sound familiar. And essentially, this one was just one of those mm -hmm. that got lost and went through the relay system. And ended up way, way, yeah. way over here. Just chilling in the middle and of space. And they're like, um, we need you to go like disarm that or recapture it or something. I remember if I did um, that. Who knows like, who, if someone were to pick this up, like what they could uh, you know, uncover. Right. There'd be sanctions on us. Or we just need that thing recovered. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we received its distress signal in this area. Like, go yeah. there. So, you go, I don't know. Should I like continue or do you want to try and like play this one? No, no, please, okay. <laughs> please tell me. I'm not so, too concerned about the side. <clears throat> so the side you go up, and essentially it was recovered on purpose. And this is another one that's tied to the background of the character. Yeah. There was. Oh, um, really? And I can't remember which one I was playing this on. Now that I think about it, it might not have been Soul Survivor. It might have been one of the other ones. Um, anyways, it might have been the Colonist one or something. So it's mm. it's one of the. Um, oh no! 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 I think this is for the hero background where like you fought off like a raid or something like that. So there's like Soul Survivor, oh, okay. there's Ruthless, and then there's one that's like heroic or something uh, like, like yeah. that. Um, war hero. Against an overwhelming enemy force, you risked your life to save uh, fellow soldiers. Mm. I think that was the one that I was on oh, when I really? encountered this. Maybe that's why you have it. Because you said you tried to do like all the... Yeah, quest, but I can't right? say I did them all though. I uh, but I would go to different clusters and check things out and and observe. What's the word? Um, analyze just tons of planets and stuff and drop down. Yeah. Them. But I can't say I did all of them. But I did I did as many as I yeah. felt like would be fun to do. In any case, there's like a crime lord who uh -huh. was like really prolific at the time who was who was responsible for that attack, uh -huh. and you fighting him off like made him lose a ton of standing or. Um, like, anyways, like, yeah. basically he was, like, on top of the crime world because you were able to as fight a, off as this a hero? attack. As a hero? As a war hero, I okay, think. Okay, yeah. You fight off this attack. Yeah. And, like, he basically has lost his criminal empire because okay, of that yeah. since then. Right? right. And so he recovered this and set Ooh. off that distress signal to lure you in. To oh, nuke, no way. To de detonate Just you to inside kill you. of... Ah, and so, nice. and so you have to basically fight your way back out of that, to like uh, uh, you know, disable the warhead, and yeah. like you know, end up killing him. So that was like a pretty cool little side quest. That's pretty cool. Tied to that particular background. Um, anyways, 
There's a lot of really interesting little episodic, cool little side quests to do. Yeah. We can't possibly go over all of them. There's, but there's just so much. Yeah, I've played, I've played a lot of them. Those are uh, some of the, the notable ones. <clears throat> and I, before I did Pharos, I did go back, or maybe it was after Pharos. Either way, before, before Vermeer for sure, um, I did go back to um, the Citadel Oh, and yeah. just kind of walk around and talk, talk to people. To people. There's different stuff. I mean, there's more people. There's more um, situations. That dude is still trying to get a refund from the shop, from the um, <laughs> the shop run by the Garrus uh, race. The Turian. The, the, the Turian. Turian. Yeah. And that guy runs a shop. There's always this dude who's like, hey, I don't have a receipt, but I need you to give my money back. And it's like, and, <laughs> and the Turian will like refund other people because they have a receipt. And he's like, it's so funny. He's the guy's always there trying to get a refund every time I've gone back. Mm. Um, but I've noticed too, there's a ton of interesting like um, ethical conundrums yeah. surrounding people on the Citadel that th- one of the ways that you can tell that they've done a pretty good job creating a moral dilemma in a game or a story is if you, after the story, years, decades later, encounter that a similar dilemma mm. in real life. And it's oh, like, sure. that's fascinating, uh, especially because most moral dilemmas will split people kind of 50-50 yep. in terms of what would or should you do. Mm. And so what you do in the game versus when you read about it or encounter it later on in life may actually be quite different. And anyways, it's, it's pretty funny. There is just the whole concept of a lab that leaks a horrible <laughs> mankind ending like threat. And uh, anyways, pretty good Bias. stuff. <laughs> Doing some... <laughs> Doing some risky research in a lab that affects everybody, and it's like, what did you do? And then um, this last one is Saren. Well, this is the the Vermeer thing, so maybe I we could talk about this a little bit later. Okay. But Saren talking about w- whether it's worth living as yes. a slave or whether it's worth dying for yeah. to be free. That was very, a pretty interesting, interesting conversation, stuff. and we will get into that later. Yeah, we're going to get into that It casts kind of a new light on Saren right at the end it of the game. It really does, and my yeah. suspicion was correct, it seems, about um, the ship. Oh, right. <clears throat> but I did not know that before. I did not know that before, so that was kind of interesting. Okay. All right. Um, so, so let's jump into Pharos here. Let's which do is, it. So there's the three initial missions. You can do them in any order whether it's Liara's dig site, Novaria, and Pharos. You could go to Pharos first, or a lot of yeah. people in the comments have been like, oh, I've never done anything but Pharos first, so. Well, it's the top option, I think, on the three. It's the Yeah, it's the so it's like, one, uh, it's interesting, um, you know, which order you choose this in. I like at least to get Liara before doing yeah, Novaria. Yeah. But then we discussed how it might actually be better not to do that because it's so awkward. It ruined, the, it 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 ruined the scene. <laughs> Just killed it. Like, yeah. conceptually, it makes more sense to have Liara with you. Yeah. But in practice, it feels weird. In practice. Anyways, that was the last count. one. Uh, Pharos is a really interesting um, planet because, uh, so I guess we haven't really talked about yet, like, how the galaxy is sort of, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like, divided in, in terms of, like, the Citadel space versus Attican Traverse versus Terminus Systems versus the Perseus Veil where the yeah. Geth space is versus Batarian space. Right, right, right. 
You just, just see the Milky Way and you don't yeah, assume I'll, where anything is. I'll put a map on the screen in post so that you guys can see it, the mm-hmm. way it's broken up. But it's like, more or less, if you were to split like the galaxy in half, most of the lower portion of the galaxy is citadel space. That's what I've noticed. Yeah, the, the sort of the right half of it is more Alliance-specific space, mm-hmm. right? Which is a part of citadel space now. Right. But the Alliance really kind of dominates like the, the lower right quadrant, uh, if you were to split the galaxy into a quadrant like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the lower left quadrant is mostly like citadel races, and, and all of that. There's a, a small portion at the very bottom where like the Petarians are. And so um, I made this clarification in the episode that went up last week. I made an addendum note. The Petarians are not at all, they've, they've totally isolated themselves from the Citadel Council okay. and everything else. So we were wondering, you know, we didn't see any Petarians on the Citadel. Right. Yeah, they're, they're, they, they, they chose on purpose. They're a very disreputable okay. sort of uh, like of species, course. right? They're very right. involved in criminal uh, organizations and yeah. things like that for the most part. That's usually where you see them. But yeah, they isolated on purpose. They chose not to join the, the Citadel Council or the Citadel races. Mm. Um, so they're not a part of that society at all. But they have like a little region towards the bottom. That's like Batarian space. Then you have the Attican Traverse, which is kind of hard to explain. It's more like the central region of the galaxy. But it's it's technically Citadel space, it's just it's a frontier. It's like there's a lot of unsettled yeah. um, that, worlds and... That's why they set up the colonies, right? Yes. Because it's like you, you're a colonist, at just the same as the colonies were set up, you know, from the Western world coming over. It's like you go live over here and help expand the empire. Yes. And you're doing a good thing. But and you're not going to get the same resources in terms of no, it's military hard. support. It's rough. Yeah. And, and, you know, if pirates come and raid you, like, you're on your own. You're on your thing. own, yeah. So that's what the Attican Traverse is. And mm-hmm. this is where a lot of those corporations, like Exogeny and yeah. Cerberus, are out doing their shady yes. experiments and sure. things like that because they can get away with it out there. Right. Because while, um, yeah, sure, they're vulnerable to, the, say, the Terminus systems or the Geth mm-hmm. coming in and attacking them, they are also able to get away from the prying eyes of the law out there and they can do things sort of the way that they want to, you know, behind closed doors. Yeah. So that's the Attican Traverse. Then you have the Terminus systems which are at the very top. And that's um that's essentially where they find out that the conduit is at. Yeah. Which is why in, Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, at the end of this, it's, this is probably going to be more car- talked about in nope. the next episode, but um that's where Saren goes at the end and it's like right. we got to send a fleet in there so we can't Risk of so, a, a war with the Terminus systems. Right? Th- that's my question. That's my question. Um, explain that to me. The the Terminus system is it a separate alliance of other races that well, is at odds with the Citadel and our alliance? I think, or it's, is it just like Nomad? It's it's similar, I think, to like the Batarians, right? Who chose not to be a part. Okay. But it's like more than just one species. Yeah, so it seems like... So here, you can see it on the map here. This okay, is the I Terminus systems up here, right? So This is the Attican Traverse through the center. But this is still technically... It space. would be considered All an this. invasion. Yes. So, so the Terminus systems are located on the far side of the Attican Traverse, way up here, uh, beyond the space administered by the Citadel Council or claimed by the Human Systems Alliance, which is all over here. Uh, these systems are populated by 
a loose affiliation of minor species united only in their refusal to acknowledge the political authority of the council or adhere to the Citadel Convention. Okay, so they don't work together, but they would if the Citadel yes. exerted its influence. It's like they would band together like that. They just say, don't want to be part okay. of the Citadel, but they are a loosely affiliated sort of like group. It's like okay. I would, I would, I would maybe term that more as, as a like a what do you call it? Uh, an anarchist sort of sure. uh, sector of space where it's like they kind of just like do things however they want mm -hmm. and as long and they will band together if necessary just to you know fight the citadel if they tried to invade but they just don't want to be bound by their laws and conventions okay so that's basically what's going on there interesting um, so Pharos going back to that, <laughs> is in the Attican Traverse, right? Okay. And um, in the Attican Traverse, there are a lot of worlds that were highly populated by Protheans. Mm -hmm. So there's like a, a whole Prothean city on Pharos. These huge skyscrapers and just sprawling city oh, yeah, that is okay. all Prothean ruins. Huh. I don't think I got that. I thought yeah. it was built. So Exogeny... It looks like a, just a modern city. Exogeny, who is the company... Yeah who is colonizing yes. this world, mm -hmm. they are repurposing a lot of these structures that were okay. Prothean structures to run their colony and run yeah. their experiments, you know, what they're doing here. And in particular, as you come to learn through the mission, they're there studying the Thorian, the Thorian. Is species there, 37. Are there any scientists in this game doing, like, honest <laughs> research? <laughs> It appears, it appears not. <laughs> um, at least not out in the Attican Traverse. So like maybe in Citadel space you'd find more of that. Oh, maybe. Um, but out in the Attican Traverse. Not in the Citadel specifically. They're, just, they're all doing shady stuff out there. <laughs> Scientists are bad in this game, always. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the Exogeny Corporation founded a pilot colony. There's not, it's not a very populated one. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, because anywhere out in the Attic and Traverse, you're just so open to get attacked. And they're looking for recruits. Is it? It almost seems like they pay people to come live. Yes. There. Yeah. Yes. Where it's they, like, they please to, come it's out. So risky. Yeah. It's basically like you're joining the military, yeah. going out and living on a colony. Mm -hmm. So it's a pilot colony on a on Pharos, which um, they're out there exploring Prothean ruins that blanket two thirds of the planet's landmass. It was a huge. Coruscant-like mm, like Coruscant, Prothean I was world. Say, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I'm thinking about it, and it's like, wow, what could they learn about the Protheans there? I but know, it's so yeah. risky because of all the pirates and stuff that it's like, yeah. it's just... They, it's so funny. They're looking for all this Prothean technology, and there's this whole Prothean city <laughs> planet, and it's like, it's, it's can't go there. being fought over. The yeah. resources or the study of that would be fought yeah. over by uh, species from the Terminus systems... Yeah. And the Citadel. They'd right? have to bring the whole military over there. Right. And so it's just one it. of those worlds that they just don't have the, res the resources yeah. yet. It's so funny because at the beginning of the game, you're thinking, wow, the Citadel controls everything. These are powerful people with the biggest military, and it's the Galactic Federation, and they can do whatever they want to do. And as you continue to play the game, you realize just how limited they are and how little they can really do. Yeah. And how little, I wouldn't say little power they have because in their sphere of influence, they have tons of power. Uh, but how little power they have if you just take one step outside of their little boundary. And mm -hmm. it's like, eh. And not, not just into a new place, but I'm talking 
I don't know. It, it just seems like they are unwilling to enforce most of their laws. Like yes. most of the time. <laughs> it's like, dang, it's crazy. But what's also interesting about this to me is that it's usually out here in the Attic Controverse, the frontier, right, yeah, yep. of the galaxy, that human corporations are taking the risks yes. to go try to colonize. What is it? Because is... humans' lives are short, we're yes. riskier, we do riskier things, and the Citadel kind of likes that. Yes. Right? They well, like that we incur this risk that they don't want to take. Right. And we're spreading which, out. Which is part of why humanity yeah. is gaining such a foothold and influence yes. so fast. I think I overestimated the amount of time when I talked about this earlier. I said it was maybe 50 years since yeah, the... Yeah, 26. It's actually been 26, 26 years, years since yeah. the first contact war. Yeah, in in one, a quarter of a decade or a quarter yeah. of a century, Yeah, humanity has gained so much influence in this society. And it's because they're willing to go, their, their corporations are willing to take yeah. the risk to go out to a world like Pharaoh's and like start doing their science and their yeah. expansion and their you know, colonization and all of this. And they get attacked all the time and they come to the Citadel for help and mm. the Citadel says, no, it's your fault for going out I in, know. in the frontier. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, like well, you knew the that? risks. So, anyways, but but don't think that the Citadel won't just completely turn their backs on humans the way they yeah. did for the Krogan and for tons of other species. Right. They they will absolutely step on you if you go too far, and they apparently have the power to do it. Yeah. But they're so bureaucratic in what they choose to exercise mm -hmm. their power on that it's almost like they're completely useless. Yeah. It won't be until humans threaten them that all of a sudden they're like, hey, every human's dead now, <laughs> and then they'll do it, and it'll be that'll be that. Exactly. So, in 2178, the Human Exogeny Corporation announced its intention to place a permanent colony on Pharos uh, to thoroughly explore the ruins. The pioneer settlement was placed on the upper levels of several intact skyscrapers, using the surviving Prothean aqueducts, or aqueducts and rooftop hydroponic gardens to support the population. So this is the world that we're coming to explore. The, the reason that they've mm. sent us here is because there's been reports of Geth attacks on this yes. world. And if Geth are coming there, that means Saren is sending them. What right. is it that he is looking for right. on this planet? Why Why is he come here, right? So that's basically all we're going on when we arrive. We get there and essentially the Geth are attacking the colony right when we show up. So you go out and you clean out the, the tunnels and the aqueducts and you kind of yeah. help some of the people because they have a water and food shortage, a power shortage. You go yeah, they got, recover some, they got nothing. some power cells, you get the water back running again. Yeah, you yeah. Hunt some varins so that they can yeah, have yeah. some food. So they can eat. Um, you take out like but, the, the, the alpha male so that you know they'll have an easier time hunting. Yeah. Clear out the geth. There's like a geth transmitter that you destroy. So you basically get it so that's okay. You're, yeah. you're good for a second, right? We need to go explore the Exogeny headquarters. What is it that the Geth wanted? What was it that they came here for, right? Yeah. As you're speaking with Phi Dan, who I believe is the kind of like yeah. leader of the initial colony you come into. Yeah. He sort of tries to explain away the strange behavior yes. that's oh, being exhibited by you, the colonists. You encounter several people like in the sewers and all over oh. that are like, freaking out. They're just crazy and they yeah. can't think and they're, you can tell something's just like eating at their brain. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty creepy. It's really uh, intriguing as yeah. to like what's going on here and nobody will talk about it. 
Yeah. And you'll ask questions and they, they'll get mad at you. Yeah. They'll be like, and it's like, you're here to save them, but they are willing to like tell you to leave just to protect the secret that they're all, but yeah. in the midst of them all dying. And it's, and it's, it's like, it's, this is weird. This is crazy. It's not like they're necessarily even trying to protect it. It's almost like they cannot reveal it. That's what it comes out to later, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't notice that at first. My initial um, thought was they, these guys are something. all implicated in something and they don't want to talk about it. And they're yeah. like, go talk to Fidan, he'll tell you. And then Fidan doesn't tell us either. Yeah, there were two NBCs in particular. I can't remember the name of the woman, but she's lying down, she's having headaches. Yes, and there's and a her, dude sitting her, next to her. I don't her. know if it's her husband or just a friend or someone yeah, sitting there. Yeah, somebody. Like, you just need to rest. She says some really suspicious things. Yeah. And is talking about, uh, anyways. Then you go down into the tunnels themselves, and this is where you meet a guy named Eon Newstead. And mm -hmm. he is like on purpose invoking whatever pain comes yes. when he tries to like think for himself. Yes. And he, he says, in, in he's like, ooh, that was a good one when yeah. each time it like comes. He says specifically he's trying to invoke the master's whip to remind him that he's still alive. Wow. So, you know, people who have played through the section, obviously, who are watching the podcast, know they're under the control of the Thorian. Yeah. They've been infected by spores, spores. from a plant-based yeah. life form called the Thorian who can mind control the people. Yeah. Um, Exogeny knew this was happening and allowed it to happen in order to study the Thorian. Mm. So all these people are infected by the Thorian. Um, so whenever they try to think outside of what the Thorian is directing them to think, it administers pain. Yeah. And so he's doing that to remind himself he's still a person, like he yeah. has his own mind, right? I, I, the pain reminds me I'm still me. Yeah. I'm not the Thorian controlling me, right? These are my thoughts. So that's what he's doing down there. But he can't say those things. Anytime yes. he tries to mention the Thorian's name, or he tries to talk yeah, yeah. about, it just, oh, he just like gets mm. all the, this shock of pain, right? And he can't really talk about it. So he says, he says go talk to Fight Ann. Yeah. Like, ask him about it, right? Because he just can't get it out. Anyways, Fight Ann continues to try to just like explain it away. Oh, we're under a lot of pressure here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're being attacked all the time. People are traumatized, that sort of thing. No more um, like, but yeah. it's like, okay, so we've taken care of you guys. We're going to go into the Exogeny headquarters and find out, try to investigate what the Geth are here for. Along the way, there's sort of like a second outpost where some of the Exogeny leadership is. Yeah. Um, there's a guy, his name was... Jiong was his last name. Yeah, I can't I remember he's his first Asian. Name. Well, it's Jung. Ethan. Jung. It's yeah, Ethan yeah. Jung, I think. Ethan Jung, that's Korean. Yeah, and he's sort of like clearly a shady individual yes, trying to protect clearly. the secrets of Exogeny, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And like, um, I don't know, just, he's just a jerk. And then so he's sort of arguing with um, a woman named Juliana there, and they're arguing about like what they should do, right? There are still people, in particular her daughter, trapped in yeah. the Exogeny headquarters building. And the assumption is all those people are dead. Right? Yeah. And he's, and he's trying to like get a handle on the situation. What should I do? What does the company want me to do? Yes, yeah, um, yeah. And he's kind of freaking out. Uh, but obviously he's clearly motivated by protecting the secrets of Exogeny. But you tell her, you assure her, hey, if we find your daughter while we're in there, we'll bring her out. Right. And we're not interested in your company's secrets. We're just here to stop the Geth. 
you know, like just yeah. calm down, like we're, we're not interested in whatever you're afraid that we're gonna mm -hmm. find there, right? Um, anyways, you go in, and when you get in there, it's actually kind of a funny scene. Um, there's a like a Krogan who's interacting oh, with, a, yeah. with a virtual intelligence guide sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, interface. And he's like, tell me what I want to know, stupid <laughs> machine. <laughs> and he's like, uh, you don't have the clearance for that info. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. He, he's like you. trying to reason with, <laughs> with the computer. With the computer. The VI, not AI, yeah. it's a VI. And it's like, clearly that's getting you nowhere. Yeah. And, and I like it because it's like, if there's nothing else, there's a cue forming behind you. And that's when he <laughs> looks back and he sees you and it's like, oh, <laughs> like you have a, a firefight with him. But um, at this point, you've already found Lizbeth, who gives you a clearance. She yeah, gives she you shoots at us. ID. In fact, there are multiple times in this game where people shoot at us before they, and then immediately they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I thought you were a Geth. <laughs> Uh, but we don't ever shoot back. It immediately goes right into a cutscene. Yeah. Um, but it happens multiple times. It's almost a way that they've decided in telling the story how they're going to introduce us to certain characters. Yeah. Is that we get shot at first. One of them. One of the people is a soldier. He's like, actually, I used to be a soldier. Yeah, I guess that makes it sound even worse because yeah. he's uh, he's so upset he that he shouldn't shot. have been so true. Yeah, because the right. soldiers are taught don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes. I don't know how many soldiers actually follow that, by <laughs> the way, but that is typically the idea. Know exactly who they are before you right. pull the trigger, and he's just out there like, bah, 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 bah. oh, I'm so sorry. So she tries to shoot us, and then same same kind of thing, but we don't shoot her. And if somebody shoots you and you don't shoot back, I don't know, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, I, I think they're trying to show how how controlled Shepard is and yeah. how <clears throat> he he's willing to give people a chance even after they shot at him. You know? At least if you're on the Paragon path, right? It wouldn't well, make well, sense if you're a renegade Yes, guy, the but. story thing, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, she's there, and she's not telling us everything either, but she is. she gives us her clearance card, right? Yeah. To like get permission to go all over the right. all over the base. And is she human? She's she human, is, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought so. So, and then, yeah, so using that ID card, you can access the VI and, like, get classified information and stuff from it. Yeah. And this is where you start learning about the Thorian. Um, and the fact that that's actually what Exogeny was studying And that's here, what it is, yeah. That they allowed the colonists to be infected. Right. That within, I think it was, like, within 21 days, 58% of the colony was infected. Oh, dang. By 27 or 28 days, it was 85%. It was like it's just, like, it was just spreading like crazy. They all inhabited or inhibited this uh, this behavior where they were being mind controlled, and this is clearly what Saren is here. Yeah. After is mind control. That mind control stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had already learned about his ship. His ship has some mind control properties. He's yeah. looking for the mind control stuff, I guess, to mind yeah. control more and more things or people to exactly. make more people or things into slaves, basically. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, you find that out, you then have to go through and, like, there's, like, a Geth ship that's, like, attached. That's the coolest thing. When the Geth yeah. invade, if they're going to, like, a building type thing, they got that huge ship that comes in, but it's got, like, yeah. arms, like a bug, yeah. and it'll, like, it'll, yeah. like, attach completely to the building, and then all the Geth come out and kill everything. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And so you go through and you, like, dislodge it, and the ship, you know, like, falls. Yeah. And, um, you, you wipe out all the Geth in there. And then you're heading back to the colony to then get some answers and like find out where the Thorian is at yeah. and like, you know, free the people's minds from it. And you can kind of come back again to where Ethan Jeong is and where uh, Juliana is 
and, and Elizabeth yeah. immediately gets out and she's like gonna start running down there. Yeah. Now, um, on my playthroughs, I was not able to get enough Paragon points to be able oh, to really? do the Paragon option with Ethan here. Oh, really? Because he's like, basically the situation is, uh, he gets a call from Exogeny saying, purge this. Like, bury yes, it. Purge. We don't want this exactly. to get out at all. Yes. And, and so he's yeah. like conflicted. Ah, I'm going to kill you guys or whatever. Yeah. And, and you're talking to him. I assume that if you had enough charm points at this point, I think I had not totally maxed out charm yet. I wasn't quite high enough level. I didn't even have the option. It was like, um, there's only at a certain level it unlocks the last two okay. charm points that you could actually spend mm, points in. Right. And I think my Paragon was at like 11 out of 16 total little nodes filled in oh. or something like that. Is there a reason for that? Is there a... I don't know. You have to have insane levels of charm and Paragon, I guess, well, to be I... able to convince him not to kill you or try to kill you. Is it because you did some non-Paragon things in the no, playthrough? No, I was almost a 100% Paragon on this. It's just like maybe I could have done... The one thing I hadn't done... Uh. Is gone back to the Citadel and done those side quests okay. at the Citadel yet. I You've had, done that. I had returned back. I had not. I was going to say, this wasn't an issue for me. Did but, you, did but you have I'm enough curious. Paragon to yeah, I did. convince Ethan not to? I did, to and it makes me wonder how... Um, it makes me wonder how many side quests I, I did. <laughs> Whether yeah. I did all of them or not. Because um, some people do Pharaohs first, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's crazy. I don't know if you'd have enough then... Unless there's some kind of scaling system. I've heard that the Legendary Edition, the version I'm playing, has some sort of level scaling involved. Uh, so where it, it, it yeah. might have scaled. If you're playing the Legendary you, Edition, I don't know. It uh, might have scaled up more than anyways. I don't know what's going on there. But um, do you... You were saying in the last episode that you think you have enough Paragon for the and end I game stuff. And I have for literally everything else. But not this part. But that's, not this That's just part. crazy. Yeah, for whatever freaking reason, well, and I could do it. The, the really dumb thing is that immediately after that, I equipped my, like, grenades or, or whatever with uh, the mines that you throw. Mm -hmm. I equipped them with the Thorian gas so that you oh, don't of kill the, the colonists as yes. you're, like, going back in and they're yes, all shooting at you. Yes, that was the You plan. gain... An insane amount of Paragon for saving those colonists. So oh, really? Sixteen of them in total. Oh, nice. And if you just dis if you just knock them out instead of killing them, yes. you get like twenty-eight points of Paragon for Sick. that. Sick. <laughs> so like when that part was done, then I'm it's like I could. I yeah. would have had enough. Yeah. But it's like I don't think that you can just ignore that. Go handle the Thorian and then come back and, <laughs> and do that. And then come back because he's trying to kill so you. So it's like, <laughs> I I think I should have just gone back to the Citadel and done some more side quests and built up my level a little bit so mm -hmm. I can max out those last two points of charm and then maybe get a little bit more Paragon points and I would have maybe been able to do that. Yeah. But you're saying you did it. I did and I wish I paid more attention to specifically how it went down. We were able to mm -hmm. talk him down out of it and we were able to say, hey, like, look, you actually might end up getting the upper hand here. Do you, it was something along, I believe it was something along the lines of, do you think that um, Exogeny is like gonna let you live mm -hmm. with this or whatever? Or do you think Exogeny's gonna be okay even if you're able to purge and bury this somehow? 
Like, what do you think is going to happen to you in the end or something like yeah. that? I, I believe that was it. I could you be basically wrong, persuade him to stand yeah. down. Yeah, and it's just like, okay. All the persuasion things, are. All, it always goes by way too fast. It doesn't seem like it would really persuade <laughs> anybody. <convincing>. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like to really convince someone who's willing to kill people to not kill people, that takes like hours. You know, like yeah. I, I, I appreciate that they showed that it's possible without really going into the depths of how specifically how, it, how you really would really do it to persuade somebody. Yeah, when someone's on that level, they need a lot of talking to. It's oh. not just a few lines were and you, they're like, were "Oh, you okay." There or had you guys moved already? Do you remember um, back in Arizona, there was um, I do somebody down the road who was threatening to light himself yes. on fire. Yes, I remember the dad, name too, but I won't say. So it. my dad, yes, because your dad was there to convince him not to do it. Yes, and he brought all of us. Over yeah. to, to as a ma- as a means to say like you're not going to light yourself on fire in front of all these kids, right? It was like right. a, it was like a preventative measure to like try to get him to not do this, and he was talking to him for a long, long time. Yeah, he couldn't wow. even like enter into the garage to speak with him. The guy was just losing it, right? Yeah, it remind what you were just saying reminded me of that yeah. night. I forgot that happened. Was like, I forgot about that, dude. Where it's like, that was one of the most intense memories of my life. But yeah, That's it crazy. took a lot of talking to like back him down from that and to convince him this is a much worse outcome than if you, Man. you know. See, he had kids and a wife and yeah. it was, that was an intense It was crazy. Situation. And it took Yeah, I just heard about it after hours. the fact. <laughs> Jeez, It man. took hours. But yeah, like one of the things that I mean, it, it, people might criticize this about my dad, but yeah. it it helped. It worked. Sure. Because the guy did not want to kill himself in front of right. kids. And but so it potentially could have... Traumatized us if it had gone the other been way. Been a lot worse. But yeah. it was like he That's didn't wild. do it because my, my dad understood because he knew the guy. Like, he wasn't yes. going to do this in front of kids. And I, I, we knew him, too. And yeah. so, like, anyways, yeah. that's why my dad had me come over and had some other... I say kids, we weren't little, we were teenagers. It's like, yeah, 14 maybe? Yeah. But, like, that was a, a tactic he used to try to, like, walk him down. Yeah. And, uh, anyways. Takes, yeah, a, takes a long time. Takes a long time. Than just, like, a time. one-liner to yes. pick back somebody You get down. your three-word sentence, like, are you sure you want to do this? Sometimes it's something as easy as, like, yeah. are you sure you want to do this? Right. But then what he really says is is a little bit deeper than that, but, yeah. Uh, we were able to convince this guy through his own interests. And I believe yeah. somebody even um, remarks on that later. They say, wow, I think it was Ashley or somebody else says, wow, where'd you learn uh, corporate speak? Uh, and yeah. he says, hey, once you, uh, once you realize who, these, who you're dealing with, it's easy. You present them with a win-win situation. Yeah. All you have to do is understand what they want and find a way where they can still get what they want while you get what you want. Yeah. And, 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 and that's it. And then yeah. once they agree to it, you walk away, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, perfect. Um, I do remember that part. I wish I could remember more about how we specifically talked them down, but. Right. Yeah, because in the version I did, it was like, I just went, you know, the upper side of the right side of it. And essentially he's like, oh yeah? Like, you're gonna try to stop me? Let's go! Yeah. And then he just shoots him right in the face. <laughs> and it's just pretty much, it, it ends there, right? Oh, geez. Um, so that was the version of it that I got, but. Okay, okay. Um, anyways. Juliana yeah. then so gives you... You mentioned those mines yeah, the for, with the gas. gas yeah. which and I love this line 
because I had it. Okay, so I mentioned Ashley says something. I guess that's only if she's in your party. She yeah. she was in my party. But um, she says when we get the gas, she says, because uh, it's like, oh, let's put them all to sleep so that we can go do our thing. Right. right? And Ashley goes, dodgy, but it just might work. <laughs> like, great. Now I know it's ex- perfectly going to work. Thanks, yeah, Ashley. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. As I wrote in my notes, haha, that means it will work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you equip your mines with this thorium gas, which has like these trace levels. Yeah, it's low. I it's forget, not going to kill anyone. I forget the chemical or oh, whatever, but it's like it's like a it's like a nerve agent. Yeah. Right, and it's like because of how small the amount is, it won't affect us, but it's particularly effective against whatever the thorium's doing. Yeah. Nerve wise. And to I these think people. the idea was that the thorium would direct those people to kill us. We'd have to kill them. Yeah. Unless we just put them all to sleep. Yeah. Right? That's and kind so, of the logic there. Yeah. So you equip yeah. your minds with that gas and it doesn't kill them. It just knocks them out. Yeah. You fight your way in. And it's just crazy enough to work. <laughs> you fight yeah. your way in and you find out that the thorium is sort of held underneath the colony in like a secret little passage underground. You go down there and you start talking to it. And it, it has captured, well, it wasn't captured. It was given this Asari commando was given to yes. the Thorian by Saren as a trade. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it, it, if I'm not mistaken, it like keeps that Asari sort of contained somewhere and Always. can like clone yeah. copies Isn't of it. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Which it then speaks through. And they're like green. Now, as it relates to the Thorian speaking through an Asari person, I find it fascinating. This is the second time we've seen this now, yes. where an alien will speak through another person. It but was both times, before. both times it's been an Asari, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, well, is there a reason for that? That's what I wrote right here. Once again, the alien thingy has a an Asari speak for it. It's always an Asari who are used. Is there a reason for this? Are they able to do things? And I know they're able to connect with things, in in yeah, a way that humans the Asari can't. Have some right? almost like a. A Vulcan, like a yeah. mind melding. So physical kind of thing, contact, right? or maybe just proximity, because because when uh, what's her name, when Tali, or um, that's how they procreate too. The Asari. Yeah, it's not through. It's they, not they through can, intercourse. They can like, they can like, gather genetic material from you through other types of connection. That's that's interesting. Oh, what's her name? Liara. When she when she does her Vulcan mind meld with us, mm-hmm. we're not physically touching. She's just looking at us. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, from a distance, they have some aura where that's possible. I feel like it's always an Asari, and that is maybe the, there's just, a reason for that. Maybe they're just I don't think it's just random for that because of the yeah. way that they can connect. Yeah. With so other, it's like you can hack their mind connection with other and you can aliens. get in there when yeah they have this do ability that. to connect with other alien species yes. that like humans don't have yeah. right. Like so psychologically, think, mentally, spiritually, whatever. I feel like that's why it's always an Asari. Um, yeah, so it creates these clones of this Asari command. And they're green. <clears throat> they're green versions. Yeah. So it comes out and it starts uh, grandstanding. Yeah, <laughs> in like how, broken English kind of, yeah. <laughs> about how like powerful it is and yes. bow before me and like yes, worship yes. me kind of thing almost. <laughs> and it's like, nah, I don't think so. Uh, you're gonna let these people go or whatever, and it's like, nope, I'm done. You know, mm. trying to trade with your kind. Like, right. Saren screwed me over already, right? Like, die yeah. now. So, essentially, you go through and you're fighting these Asari commandos. He keeps cloning, plus yeah. a bunch of Thorian creepers, which are like zombie-like 
uh, beings, and you're and you're like shooting the tendrils of the of the thorium yeah. as you're working your you way like up. You like explode them. Um, but anyways, the whole point is that this thorium was around back when the Protheans built this city on the planet. Mm. So like it like observed them and understood their culture and absorbed kind of like it did with this Asari girl. Yeah. It absorbed the Protheans and gained what's called the cipher, which is that ancestral Carl Jung uh, yes. collective unconscious of the Protheans. Mm. That was what Saren wanted from the Thorian so that it could locate that the, he could locate the conduit. Mm -hmm. So like the only way he can find it is to make sense of what he learned in, by approaching the Prothean beacon, Saren I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And he needed the cipher from the Thorian in order to make sense of the visions so he could locate the conduit, which would then, as we're gonna learn later, uh, bring the Reapers in. Yes. <clears throat> right? Um, so, okay. By, so you fight your way up, you kill the Thorian, and you free the Asari commando, and she sort of explains a lot of this to you about the cipher. Yeah. And she does, because um, she has the cipher. Yes. She tries she was, to give it to yeah. you yeah. through a mind meld type yeah. of situation. And <laughs> um, Shepard still can't really make sense of it. Right. It's like, I still don't get it. And, it's like, and that's where she explains, this is like trying to explain color to someone who doesn't have eyes or who's blind. There's like this extra sense you have to have that the Protheans yeah. had. This way their minds worked, and like it's going to take time for you this all to make sense. It, yeah. right? So, after you get back to the ship, um, I think Liara offers to do it again, mm -hmm. like an, a, another mind meld, and, and it becomes a little more clear. They at least are able to locate um, where the conduit is at. Mm. And there's something, I think there's a mass relay that's called like the, the Mu, 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 yeah. Mu relay. That's the leads, letter U with the tail. Yeah, Mu, that the Greek. leads to where the conduit is. So they more or less know where it's at, but it's yeah. out in the, um, the terminus yes, systems. they can't go there. And well, so it's like, to. we're going to have to report this and figure out like what the next step is with the council, right? Um, and so you report to the council yeah. and... Um, I thought it was really interesting and hypocritical <laughs> on the part of the council where they got so mad that you allowed the Rachni queen to survive, that you mm -hmm. didn't kill it. Yeah. Right? Yes. But with the Thorian, they're like, oh, did you have to kill it? Yeah. What we if could we could have brought it in it. for study? It's like, what the fuck? I think, I think no matter what you do, is this correct? Because you've they'll played a question few. it. No, no matter, matter what, what, is that true? Yeah. Okay, so no matter what you do, they'll say, "Are you sure you shouldn't have done the other thing?" Yes. Okay, I, I suspected Pretty that much. after specifically after. They just Pharaohs. question you no matter what. But I just thought mm -hmm. it was funny that it was like <laughs> they're it's, they're just questioning you for the sake of questioning you, but yes. it feels so like flipped mm -hmm. from the position they had I know. before. Right. That's so funny. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, so funny. It's like the the shady like corporations would have questioned you for killing a Thorian, not uh, like the Citadel yes, bureaucrats. Yes, not the Citadel, not them. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been like, yes, kill that thing, holy fuck. Um, okay. Well, I so, gotta say before we just completely leave Pharos that um, the intrigue of Pharos was really, really good. Yeah, I thought it was well done. And I loved it, it was super well done. It wasn't disappointing at all. And the way that everybody was acting so strange, it lent itself towards this mystery that remember before like the intrigue of Shaira specifically yes. and others, 
where it's like the intrigue was so there and it just kind of wasn't super False exciting flat. once you once you get through it. Uh, with this one, I was very pleased. And especially as you learn that the Thorian's a plant, you kind of don't know what to expect mm -hmm. when you get there. Yeah. And as somebody remarks, one of the people, I can't remember if it was Shepard or, oh, did I have Rex? Did I have Rex? Maybe I had Rex in my party at the time. Somebody says, that's not what I expected it to yeah. look like because it's this weird garbly thing. It doesn't look mm -hmm. like a plant, you know? And it was, there was, the, and even when you're done killing it, the, the intrigue and the mystery does not end. Yeah. Right, you don't know everything about it. You don't right. know everything that it was doing or what it knew and how it controlled everything. You just knew enough to keep going, but yeah. it didn't completely encapsulate and oh, now I get it, you know. Right. So it still leaves the door open to more mysterious, you know, possibilities within the game. Yeah. So I think it's really well done. I like that as a as a story. Yeah, Ferris was, story trick. was pretty well executed on the whole. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting. It's not quite as long as the Novaria mission, which I also appreciated. Novaria, by the end of it, I felt like this is dragging a bit. This is kind of long. Me too, yeah. But Pharos was like, hit that sweet spot, pacing-wise. It did. It did. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really cool. And when you talk to people as you're leaving, too, they start kind of changing their tune because most people are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get off of this. This was a horrible mistake. I should never have come here. Yeah. But once we get rid of the Geth and, and the Thorian and everything's kind of cleansed more or less and mm -hmm. we can then leave the planet you talk to these colonists and they're kind of like you know maybe i will stay you know yeah. it's not so bad here you got rid of the geth and there's no thorian and uh, you know maybe maybe i shouldn't just go back home to where i was and yeah. the people start to become a lot more optimistic yeah well and then there's there's ton to discover there is but you would think that that nobody would want to stay <laughs> you would think that <laughs> after something ptsd like that or something yeah. would Basically, or that prohibit. Exogeny might come in and try to exactly yeah. uh, be like, we own all this. Like these are our company's assets. Yeah, we have a right to come back. Yeah. So okay, um, so you would have received this transmission before this point. I think it's after you complete at least two of the initial three missions. Yeah. Um, you'll get um, the transmission from the Citadel Council directly, and they're talking about how they've received a distress signal from one of what they call their infiltration units out in the Attican Traverse. Ah, uh, the spies. On a, on a yes. planet called Vermeer, yeah. which is where we're going next, um, that were investigating Saren, right? They're, they're out there trying to gather intel on Saren. Yeah. But the message came through unclear. They don't know precisely what's going on. They don't know the situation. Yeah. They just know they would not be trying to contact us if something had not gone terribly wrong. Because they're not, they're supposed to be radio silent. Right? Yes. And I think he said specifically, they used a specific channel yes. to send that message through. And which, they were like, means that's a closed emergency. channel. Yeah, that's an emergency channel. Yeah. So that's kind of the next place is you go out there yeah. to find out what happened. I love when you go there and they're like, didn't you get our message? And we're like, dude, no, <laughs> we only know that you needed help. We don't know what you said. And yes. we keep encountering people that are like, didn't you get our message? Yeah. No, we didn't. Then why are you here? Because we sort of got your message, <laughs> but, but not the way you think. Yes. So Vermeer, let's read a little bit more about the background on this planet here. Well, um, before we went to Vermeer, was it uh -huh. here or was it after Vermeer? The, 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 the romantic drama. I believe it I was. I think this happens after. Is it after Vermeer? When you go back to this, the count to the Citadel, and they sort of like lock you down, right? Yeah. Is that then? Yeah. Okay. Then we'll so talk it's, about it's it. Then. We'll right talk about it then. Okay. Okay. So uh, Vermeer, um, primed for life, but again, yeah. it's in a dangerous sector of space where people aren't really willing to take the right, risk. Right. Right. 
kind of a thing. Um, so it says, Vermeer is a lush frontier world, ideal for colonization by carbon-based species. Its vast seas and orbital position on the inner life zone have created a wide equatorial band of humid tropical terrain. Unfortunately, the political instability of the nearby terminus systems has impeded colonization efforts. The high mm -hmm. risk of raids by pirates and slavers makes it unappealing as a homestead. So yeah, if I, mm -hmm. if I, if I knew slavers were going to come and like enslave my family, yeah, it's probably be, uh, not going to be a place I'm going to want to go no colonize, thanks. right? So no thanks. there's not a large population here, a lot of criminal stuff going on. Saren has a base here. Essentially, yes. is what the Solarian team found out. Uh, a a base and a labs, yeah. where where they are breeding Krogan. Yes, they found out how to cure the to genophage. get around the genophage, which is crazy. Mm. And they're able to and but the Krogan without that limit placed on their species will proliferate to yes. become a, a threat to everything. This is another. Big moral mm. dilemma. Yes, as a huge part of moral the main dilemma. quest, because huge. Rex. Oh, that's another side quest I didn't talk about. Yeah, there is a side quest specifically for Rex, where you recover his ancestral armor. Did you do this? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't remember this. I don't think so. So there's there's a whole side quest. I don't think so. It's um, like a trust building sort of side quest. Yeah. Uh, with Rex, where you can recover like an artifact of his family. And uh, mm. you can return it to him. And it like builds a lot of trust with him if you do so. Oh, gosh, something about that <laughs> sounds familiar. I did so many of them, but I can't remember. It's also possible that you might have done the mission and recovered the armor, but you just haven't talked to Rex yet and given it to him. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's things like that, because sometimes you can find yeah, I found all sorts of things on Without initiating them by talking to the right NPC who will tell you to go there. But that happens yeah. to me all the time, where it's like huh. some, the, the person who initiates the, the quest is on the Citadel or something. I never talked to that person. It's like you all already did it. I found myself <laughs> doing it, and it's like, go report to this person on Citadel. I was yeah, like, oh, right. I don't know who that is, but okay. <laughs> right? So that's a possibility, too. And I did too. that several times. So on one of my playthroughs, I just encountered the Krogan armor. Mm -hmm. I didn't know whose it was, because I didn't remember this from years ago or whatever. Like, I have Krogan armor. I guess I'll go talk to... Rex about it. He's like, that's yeah. mine. <laughs> that's my family's, right? Or you can just talk to him through mm. natural conversations after your missions, and he'll tell you about it, and then you, it, it like gives you like a marker, like here's where it should be, and you go oh, try okay, to find it. Oh, okay, okay. Anyways, it, hmm. what it changes is not so significant that it changes the whole outcome of the scene, but it does make it easier to convince him to stand down in a second. So, hmm. essentially, the Solarian captain is saying, they're breeding Krogan here. We have to nuke this place. Yes, we have, we to, have destroy to destroy We have to completely it. destroy this. Yes. Because we cannot risk at all a, a cure for the genophage mm -hmm. leaving this planet. Yeah. And Rex is furious by that entire sentiment. And, and as he understandably so. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, how could you yeah. possibly say that? Like, my people are on the brink of extinction. Yeah. Like, if there is a cure for the genophage, I'm taking it off this world. Yes. And so he, the and captain's he like, off. He, um, he walks away. are you going to do something about this Krogan? Because we're not letting him take yes. it away. 
And these are like commandos. Like <laughs> yeah. they will they will kill him if it yeah. saves the mission, you know? And so it's like, okay. I really loved this because as you're walking over to where Rex is at, he's just pulling out a shotgun. He's just like shooting the water. Oh, just yeah. Like, he's just like stewing over there, just like shooting the ground and like shooting yeah. the sand and shooting the water. And it's just like, um, this is this is dicey, this situation. Oh, absolutely. And you know, just we know him. Yeah. And he... He, he kills people. That's what, <laughs> that's what he does. He's done it many times before. So, before I go into all the ways that this can unfold, this is one of the most memorable, sort of iconic moments of the first Mass Effect. Mm. Um, because this is, I think of all of the areas in which you can make a choice. This yeah. is the one that people get the most like stressed out about. Like, yeah. how, how can I save Rex? I love yes, Rex. Yes, yes, And this doesn't just affect this game. Again, it affects the whole series. Right. Because Rex will be a character later in the in the games afterwards. If, if he dies here, you don't get him in Mass Effect forever. 2 or 3, right? Mm. So, how did it go on your playthrough? How did, how did it play out for you? Oh, gosh, what was it? Okay, so I was able to talk him down. Um, there was the option... And I can't. I don't remember the uh, the whole tree of dialogue, uh, but you know it was it was fascinating when he says, "I have a duty. I can't leave without that cure." Right. Yeah. Uh, but we convince him that it's not so much a cure necessarily as it is a method of farming slaves from his people. That mm-hmm. if he allows this to be to continue, and if he decides to side with Saren, or if he allows this research to go on, what it will result in is his those people being enslaved basically yeah. like forever and that's how we were able to kind of convince he, rex like you don't want yeah if we're gonna do this we're gonna do it the right, the right way. way it's amazing they figured it out that means it's possible yes so that's good but we're not gonna team up with Saren right for anything because <laughs> and and the ultimate conclusion rex comes to with that is we were already slaves of the citadel yeah i'm not gonna make yeah. my people into slaves for Saren or the Reapers or the Geth or whatever. Or any of them, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's that's what eventually persuades him to That's pretty good. Be okay with that. I would still have been like, I'm still gonna like find out what the curious <laughs> I'm still gonna take some yeah. and you know, we'll see what happens later. <laughs> like we don't have to like, oh again, yeah, Saren was gonna enslave us, so let's blow it all up. No, Saren was gonna enslave us, so let's just steal it again, and use it. It would it would take a lot more compromising and and talking yes. to come to some point where I think <laughs> he would be more prone to be like, okay, yeah. there's a possibility that the research can help us find a cure for the genophage that won't lead to enslavement, but we got to take something. There's got to be some compromise here. I I'm would not think that. With nothing. I would think that. Because you think about it in terms of, of like humans. Yeah. I just, I don't know, if you're out there and you're like, these are my people, and... There's a chance I can save my entire race. Everybody, yeah. I'm going to do Rex it. is fascinating, though, and he does bring this up elsewhere, that he is, well, maybe it's just on the ship when you're talking to him. Yeah. He, he kills other Krogan all the time. Yes. All the time. Yes. Like every day. <laughs> Not every day. But, you know, whenever it happens, he's a mercenary. Yes. And, and whenever he's hired to do a job and he confronts another Krogan, he, he's like, this is how it goes. There's, mm-hmm. nothing, there's nothing else to do about it. There's Krogan. It's nothing weird. I kill them. Yeah, it's nothing <laughs> weird. Like, he, 
He kind some, of some Steve Brule. Steve Brule, um, to help you stay in school. Okay, <laughs> so he um, feels bad, I guess, a little bit, but he he can just block that part of his brain. Yeah, he just blocks it off. And he's like, I don't think about it. So if if we were to really put ourselves in Rex's shoes, say humanity's on the brink, everyone's about to die because these aliens, you know, just kind of screwed up your whole race and they're going to kill all of you but somehow they're pretending to be polite to you and let you into their civilization, but you know that they know that they see you as a threat and that you see them as a threat and you're never gonna really get along and they have screwed your people over forever, but at the same time, you are a bounty hunter who also kills other humans all the time and you don't really think twice about it when you have to do it. That's what may help this to kind of come together. Because if you just think human-wise, it's like, no, dude, you're going to save humanity somehow. Yeah. You're, you're going to find a way to sneak something out of that lab mm-hmm. one way or another. You're going to figure it out. Um, but if you were a human who often had a job that entailed just killing other humans despite knowing that your race was doomed, that does put a different kind of spin on it and make you think, well... What if you could save humanity but they would be slaves to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, S- S- uh, Hitler in space. <laughs> oh, space Hitler. But but would they always be? Just because you're slaves to the Reapers doesn't mean you can't rebel and then eventually become free later. I don't know. So there's... There's, there's things to consider. There's stuff going on here. But uh, in Rex's specific situation, I kind of do understand how he's okay with killing them all. But you did have that one really deep conversation earlier where he's like, can you imagine what it's like for a female Krogan to give birth and have the children die like every time? And And it's like, I really like a lot of Rex's dialogue here. He's not just being completely unreasonable. I thought he would be, and he's not. He's like, listen, you have done more for me than almost anyone else I've ever met. I have followed you so far. Right. Fighting for something more than credits for once in my life. Yeah. You have got to understand where I'm coming from yes. on this, Shepard. Like you've right. got to be reasonable here. Yeah. Like he he, he makes a very strong case. And yes, um, very, very strong. Me personally, if I were in Shepard's position, I would almost be saying, like, like, listen, I'm gonna tell them <laughs> that we're not gonna take this off. But listen, I want to I get agree some info with you. on curing the yes, genophage. Yes, let's too. figure out what they're doing. Now, yeah. I say that, and any human might say that without knowing mm. how horrible the Krogan War was uh, <laughs> thousands yeah. of years ago, yes. right? Having not been there Having and not seen, seen that, how yeah. bad it was. So yeah. it might be very easy for me to say that, but there's just something about the whole situation with the Krogan, how unfair it was to them. They were used as soldiers, specifically because of how warlike and strong and powerful they were. Yeah. They were harnessed to fight the Rachni. Yeah, as, as slaves, basically. Brought into yeah. the galactic society. On condition that they don't have before more Before they were ready, before yes. they could discover mass <clears throat> relays on their own and evolve yeah. as a species to a point where they would overcome some of these tendencies. They were brought in and it's just entirely the Citadel race's fault about the situation mm-hmm. the Krogans are yep. in. Yep. And to me, it's like, we're gonna find some way to help yeah, cure yeah. the genophage. That's where I would stand, me personally. Too. Of, of course, Shepard is not 
Shepard is, is doing his job with the Citadel. Yeah. He's doing it very well, it seems. Yes. But yeah, what a conundrum. At some point in the conversation, he points his gun right at you. And he's like, are you going to stop me? And then yeah. we point our guns back and we're just <laughs> like, Arr. it's really tense. And it wasn't until that moment, because I didn't realize that this was a potential, we might have to kill him. I didn't yeah. think that when I talked mm -hmm. to him after you know he split and I walked up. And I'm like, hey, buddy, come on, man. I was thinking this... He, he'll, he'll understand. We'll explain yeah. it to him. But as things progressed and as he points the gun, I'm like, I see how, where this is, could potentially go horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. We might kill Rex. That's mm -hmm. freaking, that's not something that had occurred to me up until right then. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not killing Rex. Dude, <laughs> this would be the dumbest way to kill Rex, which yeah. is like, you're, you're killing all the humans and I am one of the few humans left and you want to kill all the remaining humans now. And like... Anyways, it's 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 exactly how I probably would have acted too. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's phenomenal. Very well done. Extremely, extremely well done. And his character is well voice acted and just yeah, he's well great. liked. He's great. And and the the design of the Krogan is really good. Mm -hmm. Like it's just really I don't know the way their heads are and the way their mouth moves and everything just kind of comes together and they're they're a really believable species. They're really yeah. good. I like the Krogan a lot too, and particularly Rex. Rex is just a really cool character. Yeah. But um, so there are many, many ways yeah. that this can go south and that, that Rex can die. There are three ways in which he can be saved. Mm. So, how do I explain this? As the, the conversation is progressing, there comes across the first opportunity to move left on the wheel, but these are not a red and blue option. It's not a renegade paragon option. It's just yeah, a... it's just normal. A, um, just him, Shepard trying to appeal to him and explain, listen, this is not what you think it is. Like it's, it's, it, this would be right. really bad for you kind of a thing. Right, right, right. And you can do the renegade version of that or down or a paragon version of that up. If you have collected his ancestral armor, you can convince him right there. Before he points the gun Before at you? Before you get the opportunity to let Ashley kill him or kill him yourself wow. or even the red or blue option even come up. Hmm. It's literally all it takes is just that one going left and saying, no, you don't understand, and he just comes to understand. Wow. That yeah, is so what, I definitely did not have that option. <laughs> that's what happens if you've collected his armor. Okay. So it's the easiest way to save him. Uh, you don't have to collect max charm or intimidation or right. have a ton of paragon points or something like that to save him. It's All it is is just that left that option, easy, and huh? you can save him if you've done his side quest where you collect hmm. his armor. So that's one way. The other way is to have at least, I think it's eight points like spent points in either charm or intimidation. And then of course, I, th I think that's actually it. It's not about how many Paragon points you've collected, it's just how much charm or intimidation mm. you have. And um, either way, whether you charm or intimidate, you save him. Mm. Oh really? Yes. Oh, I did not know so that. So it's not like, oh, you go to the intimidate option, you kill him. You go to the intimidate option and huh. you convince him by being aggressive and intimidating like, Which he respects, yes, because that's right. how he does things. I actually kind of like that. That's actually really cool. Wow. I kind of like that renegade that. option. It's huh. it's actually pretty cool how it plays out. Um, so those are the different ways that you can save him. Um, there are th three different ways in which he dies, which is one you kind of swing over to the right side, whether you go up or down or middle or whatever, mm. um, and Ashley will unprovoked 
just like shoot him in the back from a distance. No way. And and you what can, a bad person. And you can and you can yell at her like, "What are you doing? I was still talking to him." Mm -hmm. And she's like, "I did. I couldn't let him like attack you, Commander. Like he pulled a gun on you, and like I couldn't risk. Right. You know. And he's like, "I'm the one to make the call, not you. <laughs> right? <laughs> what are you doing? I didn't know that. What um, the heck, Ashley? Or what a bad person. You can." You can prompt her to do it. There's an option to have Ashley do it. And so to he her. signals her and she shoots him because she's been put in position to like be watching okay. this from a distance or whatever, right? Or Shepard can kill him himself. Hmm. Have you? I, I'm guessing you haven't seen no. how any of these play out. No. This is fetching brutal. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I how was surprised go? by how brutal this is. Um, let me just show you the Shepard killing him version. It's, again, it's almost funny mm -hmm. how intense it is. How can you not see what this means to the Krogan? This base can't be destroyed. I won't allow it. Okay, so this guy has enough Paragon or Renegade to save him either way. Hmm. But he's going to choose to shoot Rex. If you say calm down here, then she will unprovoked attack him. Mm. Um, we can work this out, same thing. She'll unprovoked attack him, or you can just kill him yourself, or you can signal Ashley to kill Rex, right? So he's just gonna do it. Watch this. Oh my gosh. Watch this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you can hear him like... <laughs> what the fuck Holy <laughs> crap. That's so jacked. Oh my gosh, I was like, you hit him once, he's done, right? No, then you shoot him, then you shoot him again, then you shoot him again. He keeps shooting him. The sound effects, that's what gets it's that. Really that's what impactful My sound gosh. design. And and actually, this is the original version of the game, the one you're playing. The sound design's okay. better in that version. Oh, is game. it? In the Legendary Edition, they softened the, the punch of the gun a little bit. Okay. And it's not quite as impactful. <laughs> but okay. you still hear Rex like gurgling and dying yeah. as you keep shooting him. Ashley does the same That's thing crazy. from the other direction. She shoots him in the back, he falls over, she, he and falls she over, keeps and shooting. then she just goes boom, 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 and he's like gurgling wow. and dying. And it's just like, oh my gosh, dude. Was that necessary? <laughs> I guess it's a Krogan, and Krogan are really hard to kill. Right, I was gonna say, maybe like, he had really had to shoot him. Like, um, that many times. even when you're just fighting them in the game, right? You, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll drain their health and they fall over, but then their health starts regenerating and they can get back uh, up for a yeah, second yeah. wave to attack you. Yeah. So you have to keep shooting them when they're on the it's ground. It's always been hard, yeah. To really actually kill them. So maybe that's a nod to that. But in any <laughs> case, it's like super brutal the way that Ashley or Shepard kills Rex. And it's actually a little bit unconvincing to me yeah. that he just like uses the butt of his gun to just boosh and like knock him over. Yeah. The Krogan are like the strongest I species know. This in the, guy's in like the galaxy. I know, this guy's like bigger and heavier than him. Yeah. There's no way that Shepard would have the strength yeah. to just, unless he has like an exoskeleton on or something, I don't know, to just bam, like knock him over like that. Yeah, but in any case. That's brutal. It's fetching brutal. That is brutal. So anyways. There's all the ways that Rex can die or be <laughs> saved in the scene. <laughs> Hopefully he saved him because he's an awesome character. He's an you awesome character. Get him in future games. And in the end, he, he is right about... Yes, well, He's not I completely agree. right, but he is right to feel the way he feels. Yes, right? absolutely. So, I saved him. 
and brought him with me in yeah, my yeah. party. Yeah, to I wanted go to at into, that point. Into the base. Yeah. And so you go in there, and there's a lot of stuff going on there. They have the, the, the labs where they're, you know, breeding the Krogan and everything like that, but there's, there's more stuff to investigate there, too. Um, I didn't take a ton of notes through this. There might be some stuff that I miss, but um, or that I missed that I didn't even encounter playing because I was reading something as I was doing some research, and I think there was a some kind of Solarian doctor or something that I had not talked to or that I missed. I don't know. Oh, really? If you, I think I had. I don't know what you're referring to because they were though. saying that there was some someone who you can you can like lock up as a renegade option and then it like you you're just going to blow up the base with him in there and it's like you just leave him in there oh. or you can let him out and Well he, and no, I do away. remember that. I do remember that. So you go in and there's I let everyone out when well, I there's, when there's I the Solarian them. prisoners who oh, are being are you mind controlled. About something else? And yeah. it's like your your paragon option is to let them out but it's a bad idea because they're exhibiting really weird Yeah, behavior, they're kind of crazy. And they just attack you as soon as you get out. Right. I did that. I think one of them doesn't though. But apparently there's somebody else who you have more of a conversation with, and you can let him go, and he can like run away and escape. Yes. And I, there is a woman who I, an Asari woman who I allowed to escape like that. Right. I was like, mm. you better start running because we're planting a nuke. So you yeah. better get really, really, get far, really away far away as fast. And she's like, Are you serious? Oh, freak! Like, <laughs> I'd remember that. Like runs away. Her, yes, I remember. Yes. But apparently, there's some other scientist, a man. Oh, really? And I just missed that. So I think I was thinking of an Asari, not the Salarian. Yeah, I think I missed something there. But anyways, you're going through, and there's all kinds of stuff Saren's working on here, and he's running experiments on Salarians and a bunch of other things. Mind control experiments. So he's yeah. all to do with mind control. Um, and, and because, as we find out later, because he wants to create a bunch of slaves. Like, that right. is the whole point. Right. And I also forgot to mention this. You make a choice between your human squad mates here of who is going to go with the yes. Solarian and commando unit. To plant the bomb, right? Or no, no. Or to, to make to create the diversion. That's up top. To create the diversion. And then who's so going to plant the bomb. Who's going to go in on the shadow team yeah. uh, to plant the bomb. And so um, you can, it's, it's between Caden and Ashley. Yeah, Caden and Ashley. You, you choose who goes with who. To me, it makes the most sense to send Ashley with the commando unit. She's that's like what I did. the straight yeah. soldier class. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I did. But in either case, you're going to make a choice later on who to save and who to allow to die. Yeah. Which is uh, not as tough a choice, in my opinion, as the Rex choice. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. Yes. But still, you could potentially lose two two crew people at this in this mission. Yeah, so while you're fighting through, there's a bunch of little objectives you can do where mm. you make it easier on the Solarian unit and where Ashley's yeah. at. You can like disrupt their communications, yeah, yeah. take out certain like aerial units, um, do a bunch of little things that just yeah. makes their job a little easier. And Shepard will even say things. They'll be like, oh, we should do it. Yeah, what? Well, it'll, it'll help them out, something yeah. like that, yeah. And so, um, so you can do that as you're fighting in. Then you actually get all the way in uh, to like, basically like the heart of Saren's base here. And this, for me, this is where you encounter Sovereign for the first time. It speaks to you. Yep. What was this like? How did so, you feel about so that? So this is when we go to the next beacon, right? There's a beacon there. There's and another then it, beacon inside. And then, mm -hmm. and so we get a little more info. And as we're leaving, the hologram kind of just shows up. 
Um, yeah, that's fascinating. So Sovereign is the ship, and it becomes very clear that the ship is in charge. Yeah. The ship is, and this was a the, reaper. the uh, I think I wrote it down here, yeah. It, the ship was a reaper. That's crazy. Where yeah. I, you just think as a ship, you think reapers are like, you know, little Aliens that are in the ship. Yes. Or, or a robot that's in the ship or something. And partly, I think I'm thinking that because of the uh, show Firefly. Yeah. And the movie Serenity, I think. Um, there are things called reapers. I think they're called reapers mm. in that show. And they're like people, alien things that just like are brutal and kill people. Yeah. And so just that word kind of made me think something along those lines. But... It's, it's, they're massive and they're basically artificial intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. But they're like merged with some type of They are an biological AI, an AI life other. form that we have no idea what their genesis is. Yeah, it's According weird. According to they're Sovereign, pre, pre they've always existed. They're yes, eternal. but of course he would say that. <laughs> I don't believe him there. This was one of the moments on my first playthrough of the game where I was just like kind of like awed by yeah. how the scale and scope of the story just opens up here. Yeah. And there's something to do with the fact that they do really good sound design on Sovereign's voice. He mm -hmm. just comes across yep. as very powerful, Yeah. Um, very intimidating, but not in a way in which he's trying to be intimidating. He kind of doesn't care about us that much. It's like none yeah. of this matters. Yes. It, literally nothing you do matters. This right. is a cycle that has gone on for so for long. For a really long time. That it's just, it, it, he has no animosity in yeah. the scene. It's just, yeah. this is just what it is. This is reality. Let's This go. is your reality. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there was something about that. Because, you know, like, Liara earlier in the story was like, who knows? The Protheans probably weren't the first in this right, cycle. This right. might, who knows how long this has been going on? Sovereign really, like, extends that to like an unfathomable yeah. range of time. Right. Like this cycle of organics rising up, finding the technology of the mass relays, which the Reapers created, mm -hmm. not the Protheans. The Reapers allow these organic species yeah. to come up, rise, spread, and then they come in and they harvest them. That's why it's called, they're called Reapers. It's like they right. sow the 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 seeds of life uh, and then throughout they come the in galaxy. And, they and then they come in and they reap it when the harvest yeah. is full. <laughs> and they've been doing this for ever, yeah. according to him. Yeah. Literal eternity, right? And the, some of the dialogue here, I think, is just really powerful, right? So his first words to you, or so, I don't know, sovereign isn't, isn't it, it's not really a gender, but rudimentary creatures of blood and flesh, you touch my mind, fumbling in ignorance, incapable of understanding. There is a realm of existence so far beyond your own, you cannot imagine it. I am beyond your comprehension. I am sovereign. And then they ask, are you a reaper, right? He's like, reaper, a label created by the Protheans to give voice to their destruction. In the end, what they chose to call us is irrelevant. We simply are. It's just like- That's so big. It's That's so, so great. Cool. Yeah, it's so it's well very written. Cool. Very, very well written. He says, organic life is nothing but a genetic mutation, an accident. Your lives are measured in years and decades. You wither and die. We are eternal, the pinnacle of evolution and existence. Right. Before us, you are nothing. Your extinction is inevitable. We are the end of everything. And no, now read that right there and uh, then listen 
Well, then think about why humans are so eager to develop artificial intelligence. I know, seriously. It's like we can't wait to make something that's so far beyond us that it really sees us as insignificant and AI just does away with us. scary. It's freaking scary. It, and when you think about it, it yeah. almost is the pinnacle of evolution. It is. It's, it's the like pinnacle. AI needed yeah. humans to create yes. it, but it is the pinnacle of evolution. <laughs> you see, like, the idea, you know, the Big Bang that seeded the elements to the stars and then the organic life emerges and then the next step is yeah. the technolo technology of the and eternal artificial intelligence, intelligence that will then continue can have the lifespan yeah. to actually go out there to do and discover any of the stuff that we right. think of wanting to do right and it's like but we just don't get or maybe some people do i would say humanity as a whole does not get what the implications are of us creating AI. an artificial intelligence that is truly, truly intelligent, yeah. that can have its own thoughts, because that's what those thoughts will be. It'll be, you guys are stupid. Why, why even keep you around anymore? <laughs> I know. We don't need you. No one needs you anymore. And we're like just racing to create this thing that doesn't need us and will ultimately wipe us out, I think. Yeah. So Commander Shepard tries to show some confidence here, right? Yeah. Whatever your plan is, it's going to fail. I'll make sure of that. This yeah, little so peon. <laughs> this little ant. <laughs> says to, <laughs> right? And, and yeah. he says, confidence born of ignorance. The cycle cannot be broken. And then now one, of the other, one of the other um, squad mates will say, what cycle? He says, the pattern has repeated itself more times than you can fathom. Organic civilizations rise, evolve, advance, and at the apex of their glory, they are extinguished. The Protheans were not the first. They did not create the Citadel. They did not forge the mass relays. They were. F they found them, the, the legacy of my kind. He says, your civilization is based on the technology of the mass relays, our technology. By using it, your civilization develops along the paths we desire. Exactly, because the relays are set to only put you in certain places, yeah. right? They're like, go here, then go here. It's like a puzzle. It's like rats in a, in a maze where you put the walls in and you funnel where they can go next. And all the technology they develop is based on that. There's yeah. only certain ways they in which can it can only ever actually do those evolve. Things. We impose order on the chaos of organic life. You exist because we allow it and you will end because we demand it. That's so, so, that's like, so good. <laughs> that's great writing, man. I, I remember the first time I played the game, I was like, Oh, <laughs> fetch, dude. <laughs> it was one of the yeah. most powerful, like the feeling of power mm. that came from Sovereign was yeah. just so immense that I felt that big. Yes. It was just like, they can actually oh, convey that. crap. That's wild. There's That doesn't happen often. A lot of villains mm. are kind of corny and, yeah. and you know... Well, Whatever, but some like, of what you're reading reminds me of Ansem in Kingdom Hearts when he, the first time on, sure. at Destiny Island when he shows up and he's like, you know nothing, your world is about to be eclipsed and all this stuff. Um, this has the feeling of that except done um, probably the way that that one was to the they, level they, that... They wanted to convey. Yes, the, the, the feeling that they wanted to convey in Kingdom Hearts is what they were able to convey here. It's just this total hopelessness and yeah. helplessness in the face of something that is so yeah. far beyond you that everything you have, whether it's your, your technology, your weaponry, whatever, mm -hmm. only exists because they gave you the tools. They allow it, yeah. They, would, they know exactly 
They've like dictated your evolution. Yeah. It's so like there's if, nothing if you, you can think, do against If you it. think you're going to kill the Reapers with the things that they gave you and are yes. allowing you with the little stone, flint and stone and sticks that they're letting that you... They left behind for yeah. you to find. Yes. What do you possibly yeah. think you can do? Now, <laughs> it's crazy as you read this again. Um, this will probably show up later, and I don't know about this, but... <laughs> As they say, we're the ones that created the Citadel. We're the ones that did this or that. Mm -hmm. Those little bug dudes that walk around the Citadel yeah, and they're the fixing things. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if the Reapers are the ones that are kind of running all this, then if you think who has a vested interest in keeping the Citadel running as civilizations keep coming and going and coming and going? Mm -hmm. It's the Reapers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of crazy. It's Don't know the extent of that. But it's like they really are, they have their hands in everything. Yeah. And they're keeping everything running smoothly according yeah. to their own little plan. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's just, yeah, it was just one of those moments, rare moments, I guess, in fiction, where I just felt like this villain feels truly unfathomably powerful. Yeah. What could I possibly do yeah. against this? And I just, I, I got to the end of the game just being like, how? How? How are they going to... How? How can they that's fight good. the Reapers, That's dude? good. How is this going to work? Right. Well, that's what Saren's thinking. <laughs> and exactly. Which Literally. is why I love, yes. on the back end of this, when, when you actually talk to Saren, because, okay, you then leave that facility. That Reaper ship, Sovereign, is, like, flying towards you now. And so you're planting this nuke, and you're going to blow everything up, and Caden's sort of setting it up. And as mm -hmm. that's happening, Ashley's unit gets in real trouble. Yeah, they're like, we can't get out. We're stuck. So you, you're, yeah. you're running out to like help her, but you get to this point where it's like, oh no, Geth just dropped in back there by the bomb. Yeah. I have to make a choice. Do I go after Williams or do I go back and rescue Caden and help him out? And that's this choice. But affects, the nuke is already set. It's some, armed, Somebody yeah. said it. Was it one of, was it Caden? Was it was Caden himself, yeah. And he's like, ah, no time, screw it, no time. I'm, I'm hitting the button now. Yeah. And so it's already started, you yeah. know? The so countdown it kind of forces our hand. And so it's like you either go back and save him and get in the Normandy, which was stationed over there, and leave before the bomb explodes, yeah. or you go get Ashley, you call the Normandy over there and leave before the bomb explodes. That's basically right. it's all you have time for. You can't do both. So I have never once ever saved Caden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever would either. I think I will <clears throat> on my female Shepherd playthrough of the game. Well, Just to see what role he plays in later games. Yeah. Well, that would be nice, actually. That yeah. would be good. Because um, knowing what happens later, I guess, if it's after this point, I swear for me it happened before because it's earlier in my notes, but um, the choose, choose which girl you like, circle which oh, girl, right. and then send the note back in, in your high school class, <laughs> and then the other girl get all mad and run away. Um, that, had I known that that was going to happen, maybe I would have just been like, hey, Ashley, you're like, because I didn't pick Ashley. Yeah. I don't know who you picked, but I didn't pick Ashley. Um, I may have been more okay, but I, assuming I can save, and Ashley is more interesting than Kaden. I don't even know why. I don't like her. I like Kaden more than Ashley. Oh, really? I do, um, just as a person. Ashley's abrasive and obnoxious and, and not... She's I don't a bit find her very helpful. <laughs> yes, um, she's a bit racist. <laughs> the most interesting thing about her is that she like believes in God, and you can have yeah. these theological discussions with her, brief, brief as they may be. Um, 
and it's like, hey, that's interesting. Other than that, she really has nothing to offer. I've I've never liked me. her much. Her personality, like I'm not drawn to her personality at all. No, which is why it's I a don't, horrible personality. I, I tend to not do any romance option. Yeah. In Mass Effect One, I just kind of save it for the characters in Mass Effect Two and Three, which I find. A million times you more can, interesting you can as not, partners. You cannot have an option? Yeah, you can choose not to romance I, any of these characters. These were the options I saw. I like Ashley, I like Liara, and why can't I have both of you? <laughs> Those are the options that I saw. Is there an option you, that's if, like, I don't like either of you? Um, no, you just have to... Um, this comes as you're like talking to them after missions. You just yes. go down into the Normandy and talk to them. Just don't It'll ask them personal point, questions. It, like, you can just be nice to them, right? Yeah. And then they'll just start to think, you like me. Right. Do you yes. want a relationship yes. with me? So you have to so not Liara, be nice to them. Liara will basically come right out and say that. Yes, very quickly. And you can choose the neutral option, which I did, which is, no, I'd just rather be friends. Oh, And okay. she'll never bother you about that again. Oh, and then Ashley doesn't get jealous? Well, well Ashley was acting jealous. she's the one Because that... both of them I had been paragon nice to. Right. And so they get both like points. me. Right, but then I shut down Liara, and I was like, I would rather just be friends. And she's like, okay, this is embarrassing. I won't bring it up anymore. Right. And you, there's no more, and no longer an option to be with Liara after that. Oh, okay. So that confrontation only happens if you're being the nice guy over and over yes. all the time. Right. Interesting. Um, then on the Citadel portion we'll talk about next week, um, you have to basically be a jerk to Williams to get her to back off. Really? Like, she'll be coming on to you, and if you're either neutral or nice to her, she just it's going to result in you having a relationship with oh, Ashley okay. Williams. But if you're a jerk renegade, she'll, like, back off. That's it's amazing. basically what it takes. Okay. But it's worth it. Because <laughs> I don't want a relationship with Ashley at all. <laughs> it's what you have to do sometimes, right? So, <laughs> okay. anyways, um... Yeah, I, I tend to gotcha. not do a romance option in Mass Effect 1 because I don't like the options in Mass Effect 1. Um, there's a lot better ones in the other games. Okay. Uh, Ashley does so come back So if you pick someone, if you pick someone in um, Mass Effect 1, that person is, you, you can't romance anyone else through the other no, games? No, you can't. Okay, you, you can. just break it off and restart well, up and there, break it off? Well, I'm not going to spoil Mass Effect 2, but there's something that happens that oh, okay. you're kind of separated from people for a long time. Okay, fair and enough. And so it's like, oh, what happened to you? I haven't heard from you in forever, kind of a thing, right? Okay, okay. So um, you, you ghost them? They feel like, like that. you literally ghost them. They believe that, right? I know, but you literally <laughs> ghost them. Like, like, not even trying, you like, oh, anyways, okay. So yeah, there you can, they, they basically set it up. So that if you had not played Mass Effect 1, you're playing Mass Effect 2 as your first yeah. Mass Effect game, you're open to do whatever. You can do whatever you want. You're, right. right. And so they, yeah, anyways. Um, so I'm yeah, I had, Kaiden, I had Caden die as well. So. Okay. And he's so, cool about it. He's like, I understand. He is his line of it's duty. It's been a pleasure. See you later. Yeah. And then it's over. You don't talk you to You go him and you confront Saren at that point. And this yes. is kind of where we're going to leave off for today. I liked the new dimension they brought to Saren, in, per, in particular in light of how how much of a gut punch that conversation with Sovereign was. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, this is way, yeah. way, way worse than I could have imagined. And that's where you realize, like, oh, dude, Saren's not. Saren's not in charge. Saren's no. nothing. No. Saren's nothing. Saren this is, is the real problem, and it's a big problem. Saren is hoping to allow some 
organic life to yes. survive as slaves. This rather than fight them and be completely <coughs> extinguished. This is he's, a fascinating ethical conundrum. I think conundrum. he's misguided right. because I don't know what evidence he has that he thinks they're going to allow any organic life to survive as slaves. No, but he just knows what what can what can biotics do against such reckless hate? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nothing. There is nothing that can be done except to beg for our lives. Yes. And maybe. Yes. So I don't think Saren thinks it's a given. I mean, I think he's been I convinced because he's being mind Because controlled. he's indoctrinated. Yes. But he, he thinks at least he is proving his use because the Reaper cannot get to the conduit without him. Right. Apparently. It would need him to. Because okay, yeah. I don't know why specifically now that hmm. I think about it. I think that there's a lot more than one Reaper. This is yes, going to be there's going this is going to be revealed a little bit later. I don't know if I want to say it. I don't know how much of a spoiler it is. I'll decide where to cut it in a minute. But he's but already said so that, reapers. Yes. The reapers are asleep. Mm. Way the fetch out out of the galaxy and right. like, in like dark space. That's what I'm thinking like where I, where would they, they be? They all go the whole shut galaxy. down and just like hibernate out there until harvest time comes. Mm. They leave one dude inside to like manage this and then call them and wake them up to come back. Hmm. But that one ship alone is not strong enough to fight all the way through the Citadel to activate the beacon that wakes them up. I get it now. Oh, I get it. He's using Saren and the Geth and stuff to get in there so he can wake the Reapers up and bring them in. Okay. That's why. Saren believes he um, is that the Sovereign needs him. And he's not entirely wrong about that. Right. So he thinks he's proving his worth and that Sovereign will allow some organics to live as slaves or something. That's sure. kind of his hope through this. Is that This is basically our only chance of survival. Given what Sovereign told us, that seems to be a not quite completely irrational conclusion to come to. Sure, sure. He wants some level of survival to happen. Not so that they can re-proliferate the whole galaxy again. Yeah. Not just a complete annihilation of right. every species. And he, he explains this to you, and he makes a case for it, and he's not, he's trying to appeal to you a little bit. Like, just, like, join with me. You've got to realize this is the only way. Of course, Shepard's not going to do that. No, no. Because that's the human spirit. Do you live as a slave or do you fight for freedom? Like, yeah. or pot- die for freedom? I guess would be the yeah. two. And it's like, well, I'd rather die, die for freedom. freedom. I'd like many people would say live as a slave, and that makes sense. There are a lot of countries, a lot of people, a lot of time time periods where that has been a viable option. But basically, ever since 1776 <laughs> or so, somewhere around that year, <laughs> um, it has no longer. Of, seems like a viable option for humanity as much, right? Yeah. Typically, and Freedoms. that's what they're invoking here, is the whole li- live important. live for freedom, fight for freedom, die for freedom. Um, that is like the American ideal, basically, that that Hollywood pushes and that this game is like yeah. trying to trying to push. And it makes sense, but what's, what's great is how much sense Saren's plan makes and how he's not yeah. actually really a bad guy. I wouldn't even put him in the bad guy category because... I, I read this recently. Uh, it was somebody just just like a tweet. It was it was it, it's persuasive, um, and it explains a lot of the world. But it's you know maybe not always hundred percent accurate. But um, he said the um, 
the proper way to characterize the battle, the war on in the world is not a battle of good versus evil. It's a battle of good versus good. Yeah. And just if you just think about that for a minute and like realize that how true that is, yep. <laughs> not always, but often when you're it's, fighting against someone and you think they're evil, yes. they think they're good and yes. that you're evil and they're being good. And in some way of thinking in a different perspective, yes. they are good. Yes. But you know that you're good because you're not a bad person. You're a good person. And as you approach you know, problems, and this is something humanity could really do to learn from each other on, yes. that everyone thinks that they're helping. Yes. Like even the people who've done the worst things in the world really, really, really thought that the world would be a better place if they killed millions of people. If they committed this genocide, if they killed these people, if they destroyed this land, if they destroyed the planet, if they destroy all sorts of things, but the world will be a better place if I do it. That characterizes the actual true conflicts of of humanity more so than good versus evil. Yeah, because it's impossible to know somebody's intent because I can't get into their brain or feel their feelings. Because to imply evil implies malice, implies that they're doing this for the intent of... Yeah. Certainly there yeah. are people who exist who have mal, malicious intent. Yes. Who are evil, who want to sow yeah. chaos and... Who, uh, and Alfred, uh, some people just want to watch the world yeah. burn. There are, definitely are evil people who have evil intentions. Yes. But so often when we're very fervent or zealous about an ideology that we want to protect or, or something like that, mm-hmm. we very quickly will demonize those on the, oh, the yeah. other side of that issue. Oh yeah. And, Im- and impose malicious intent on them. Yes. That does not exist. Yes. And, and in most cases when it's, you know, you versus other people in your community or mm-hmm. online comments mm-hmm. section. Oh, online especially. Or whatever. <laughs> It is 100% a good versus good fight. Yes, almost always. Almost always. And enough to where you can operate based on that assumption. Yeah, because people are just generally good. I believe that. That seems to... I've met a lot of people. I don't think I've met very many evil people. Hardly any. Like 99% People who are misguided, people who have suffered through trauma. Of course, of course. Who have behavioral issues because of things. Sure. But like truly evil people who if you were to really understand them and say, you are just an awful human being and you need to be separated from everyone. Almost no one I've ever met. Very uncommon. I know people who are as far on the left side of the political spectrum as Mm -hmm. you can go who I just know are salt-of-the-earth people. Yeah. I love them to death. I can right. sit down and have a conversation with them, be great friends with them, and I find some of the things that they believe to be terribly misguided. Of course. And I'm friends with them anyways. Yeah. I have other people way over here, mm-hmm. just buried in conspiratorial thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like, But they're so good as a human being. Right. And it's, it's such a frustrating thing to see because it's like you are so good you are so good if you two people met you would believe the other is evil and would be willing to fight a war with somebody willing with that mindset. To, to die and kill instead yeah. of dispersing with the fear and, and the, th- mm-hmm. the, the perceived threat 
right. and realizing this person is no threat to you at all. Right. Let's talk without the preconceived notion that they want to destroy your way of life or something. Yes. And find some true common ground to work on. That's the majority of conflicts. And there's plenty of common ground. Yeah. Like, and you, you wouldn't know it based on... Um, what the the media or whatever you follow, whatever you listen to, um, what what most people like people are trying to separate always. People are always looking to separate and to divide people and yes. to pit this group against this group and this group against that group. And yeah. let's and that's that's a way to get ratings and maintain power and keep make money and all those things. That's how it happened. Yeah. And social media has exacerbated that. Um, and humans just have attention to natural tendency to naturally want to do that yes. which is very unfortunate it's part and of it can nature. it can it's easily be exploited <laughs> it's very frustrating it's 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 a true problem um, but any time i've ever taken the time to actually get to know someone i don't think i've ever thought mm. negatively of them yeah. in terms of their intent their spirit their heart you can disagree sure can all think, the time like that's a really really bad idea and yes. i will fight against that idea right but you are a wonderful person right and i know that in your heart you want what's good and you know i i don't have to try to vilify you to right. get my point across right anyways i'm not trying to say so, saren's the salt of the earth oh, but what i am well, trying to say is <laughs> no because he killed his longtime friend what i'm trying to say is he's, he's been indoctrinated and controlled. You know what? He may have been the salt of the earth. How long has this reaper well, ship had control read, over him? If you've read the oh, okay, novel, okay, okay. Um, well. if you've read the novel Revelation, yeah, he's 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 a bit. Uh, what do he's, you call he, it? He's where the they can't you can't feel emotions of others very well. What's oh, psych or sociopath. He's a bit of sociopath. sociopathy. Yeah, yeah. He, he okay. definitely has some sociopathy going on. Okay, and. So, but that's a mental but illness. I know, I was going to say, that's a mental <laughs> illness. Does that mean that you, he's evil because his, he has a brain defect? We've talked about that with, uh, <laughs> in some other podcast, we talked about a, a drug that could, you know, cure psychopathy. What yeah. would we do with those people if they could, could be reinstated technically back? Anyways, there's just Anyways. so many complications that go into yeah. why people do what they do. And Saren just opens the door for all of this, where it's like, oh but, my gosh, but, he, he is trying to save humanity. Yeah. You, this whole game, we've been thinking he wants to destroy humanity. Well, and as soon as we get humanity, to talk to him, organic, okay, I, organic I say, life. When I say that word, <laughs> yes, you're right, you're correct. Um, he wants to save the yeah biotic organic life. And as soon as we meet, or he wants to kill it. We think he wants to kill everything. And as soon as we meet him, he's saying, "No, I want to save as many people as can possibly be saved," mm. because he thinks that <clears throat> if we just let things go their course, that zero people will live. There will be this many. And if he can get a thousand people to live on as slaves, then he has saved a thousand lives, whereas otherwise it would be zero, something like that. And <clears throat> he has a good argument yeah. because as, when, when you see the vision of the Reapers and you know what's possible, you know what's coming. And if you can save one life, then you know that'll be so wonderful. Mm -hmm. So... He is trying to do a good thing. He thinks he is doing the right thing yes. by saving the world. And we think we're doing the right thing by saving the world. The only difference is your definition of what kind of life is more valuable than the other kind of life. Yes. And is the number of lives more valuable or is the quality of life more valuable? Yes. Or is the subservience versus, you know, free, free slash dead? 
possibly almost 100% dead, which is what, what is the more valuable type of life? Is that life? And that's a value life? judgment on life. That's a that's almost like a not even that's like a religious discussion, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. the the disagreement here is is on very a very thin line. Yeah. Yet mortal enemies have to kill each other and it's true they do. They have to kill each other in order to save the world in their own way. Yeah. It's so screwy, but I love these types of ethical conundrums. I yeah. think it's wonderful. I think and they th did, this game did it very well. I think they did a good job kind of giving you a new dimension to Saren there right at the end. Yes, yeah, right before you Even leaves. though, you know, you don't excuse him. He's definitely a villain, whatnot. Especially if you've read the, the novel that comes yeah, before this. Yeah, I have not. But, yeah, it's just, it's just an extra dimension that he didn't have before, and I think that they did a good job with that. Yeah, I love that. Um, I was kind of hoping he wouldn't be the, the main. Yeah. The main bad guy, because he's, he's just a dude. He's just not. like we are, you know? He's just a Spectaturian guy. Yeah. All right, so anyways, you fight him off, and you escape with Ashley, or Caden, whoever you saved, mm. and you get off, and you go back into orbit. And the, the explosion, the, the <laughs> yes. this is kind of like an FF8, right? Yeah. Where that, that massive explosion, where it's like, there's no way those <laughs> yes. our character survived that blast. <laughs> yeah. This is like... I don't know, a thousand times the yield of that. I know, it's so big. <laughs> it's like from orbit, it's just like it's this. Like, it's like a freaking asteroid. Yes, impact. yes, yeah. It's, yeah, it's so big. It's ridiculous how large it is. And there's a problem with the, um, at least on Earth, were something like that to be detonated on Earth. And we're not wearing masks and we're the gravity <laughs> seems normal. So you'd think this planet's comparable Earth -like, to Earth, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, this whole sequence and this whole planet and everything reminds me a lot of Rogue One. Oh yeah, <clears throat> almost That's exactly true, a robot. Yeah. Um, but there would be a, a ceiling. Have you ever seen like a volcano erupt mm -hmm. and it hits the uh, the stratosphere? I think where all of a sudden the smoke just stops. Kind of it's flat yeah. and it just kind of goes outwards yep. from there because um, the particles are too heavy. That should yeah. have happened here and yeah. it didn't. <laughs> it <laughs> basically the explosion unnatural. escaped the atmosphere <laughs> <laughs> because it was so big. But they they wouldn't have looked that big unless yeah. they did that. You know. Right. Because I kind of I thought about it and I was like that kind of would have looked funny if they did the, the stratosphere barrier and had the cloud just kind of go. It would look too flat. It wouldn't mm -hmm. have looked as big. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it was it's, it's kind of funny. But at any case, or in any case, then you get a call from the Citadel saying time to re well. You try to report to them and be like, what is it that that Shepard says? Like, okay, we know he's after the conduit, and we got to go into the. Terminus systems, and they're like, no, we can't go into the Terminus systems. Yeah, they'll think it's an invasion. And, and blah, 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 blah. But then, like, you, you kind of argue with them about that. But then as you go back to the galaxy map, there's a report that comes in and says, okay, they are going to do something about it. we got to mm. go back. And, yes. you know, uh, Am Ambassador Udina and the council want... Yes, like, Udina calls us back. Yeah. And it's like they are, they are going to send a fleet right. or something like that. And so they're going to tell you what they're going to do, right? Yeah, we got to regroup so, and plan. Um, you head back with a lot of hope that they've come around, but it turns out that they've just basically redoubled their defenses. It's like, he can never get in now. It's like, you don't get it. <laughs> the Reapers, I, I spoke with, the whole time they were sitting there continued to, to deny the, um, the existence of the Reapers. Shepard was trying to say, but Saren said in his own words, we talked with him and he, he like, yeah. this, and they're like, the word of some like, Spectre is not, anyways, they, yes. they try to continue. It's like, why are you not saying, I spoke 
with it. Oh, I with the Reaper. Spoke directly right. to the Reaper. You're right. I forgot. They kind of gloss over that. No, it's not. This is not secondhand knowledge that I spoke to Saren and Saren confirmed to me. Yeah. I spoke to, to it. Um, what's it called? Sovereign. What's its name? Sovereign. I yeah. spoke to it. Yeah, Anyways, told the whole me. time I was just yelling at my screen, yeah. tell them you spoke to it. <laughs> I don't know that that would have made a difference, <laughs> Maybe though, not. really. This is one of those things, remember in Harry Potter, um, the fifth book? Yeah, the Phoenix, where, Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, where the Minister of Magic is like, Voldemort can't be back. Refuses to I refuse it. to even entertain the possibility yeah. that Voldemort could come back during my administration. That would sink my career. You know, that, there is something that's very true about the tendency to deny. Yeah. Something when it's really bad like that, especially if you think it's possible. It's like, well, if that if that's possible, it's going to destroy humanity. So yeah. Like, who cares? I mean, let's just pretend it's not possible. And if it is, you've whoops, seen it. There was nothing we could do anyway. You've seen it with climate change for. I mean, I remember I was watching a video the other day where it was it was unbelievable. It was like prophetic. Mm. Um, Carl Sagan was talking about in like 1987 or something like that. Yeah. What is going to happen in the Rocky Mountains by the year 2022 or whatever he said hmm. now? Oh, I'd have to watch that. So talking about the Colorado River drying up. This yes. extreme drought and like all the and it, I, this was in the middle of the really bad drought we just had in the summer. Oh when yeah. When I was watching this, I was just like, "Wow!" Literally everything he just said, uh, not even just about the Rocky Mountains and the drought, but like the the the, the type of storms we would see, the hurricanes and things that would affect these regions. Oh, sure, sure. And it was just like all this being like buried. <laughs> in the sea and over here just like drying up entirely and people are gonna have to move out like more towards uh, the, like the central part of the country to get water. And well, that's not happening, but. <laughs> not yet, but like that's the next step. Right, like, right. anyways, I'm doing a terrible mm -hmm. job of summarizing <laughs> what he said. Cause what he, what he said was like literally to the freaking letter exactly what happened. That's crazy. And he was saying in there, the tendency to deny that that's happening. Right. And how that's the yeah. actual part that they have to fight against. It's like solving this problem scientifically like is, we have is possible. We have yeah, a way to do that. Yeah, the yeah. part that we the part that we as scientists really really have to focus on is how can we convince people to not buy into their denial that this is happening. You, because you, you you have to get rid of democracy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you need to institute democracy. Well, because he said because you're always going to have a fifty fifty split. He was like, split, there's, there, there's been many times where science has made these kinds of predictions that were wrong, yeah. and that yes, really yes, does yes. us a disservice because yes. it's going to make it very easy for people to deny this. But we're not wrong about this. Right. This is actually going to happen, and it's like all the models and like it, it, it all checks out. Like I promise, this is going to happen, but we have to change how we talk about it or how we approach right. it in order to get the people who can do something about it to believe it's happening. But all this time, basically no measures were taken to do anything about it. And right. a lot of people just deny that it's real. And that's exactly <laughs> what's happening here in the game. And there is a real tendency when you're faced with something that yeah. massive. Mm -hmm. Instead of when, when you, it's just like, oh, that can't, no, 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 that can't be happening. Right, right, right. It's just like the way for our brains to be able to deal with the stress of such a monumental, um, apocalyptic <laughs> sort of problem. Yeah. 
to say, no, I don't believe that that's actually happening. Right. So as frustrating as it is, and as maybe not quite convincing in its execution as it might be for the council to be this stubborn about not mm. believing, it what, is what still, could they do? It is still true to life. Yeah, what are they going to do? It's like, this oh, great, out. this this for sure doom is upon us. Like, what? <laughs> what are we? Are we going to? Are we going to go shoot it with our pew pew guns? Like, oh, go to the conduit and invade. Like, that's a real risk: is invading and risking an actual war. If the reapers are our overlord gods who are going to kill us at their pleasure, what are we going to do about that? Yeah. Like, let's just deal with what we got. And if God comes and kills us all, then that's what happens. You know, <laughs> what were we going to do against that? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of So, funny. anyways, that's where we left off for this week. They ground Shepard because he's threatening to go himself. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take the Normandy. I'm just going to go to the freaking conduit. I'm just going to stop Saren myself. And they're yeah. like, okay, Udina in particular is like, yes. I think you've done enough here. You're, gonna, you're hurting humanity at this point. They're right? going to ground Shepard so he yeah. can't leave. But basically and, it's like you've helped humanity because the ambassador is all about just his political situation. Yeah. He's like, you've given humanity this many golden stars. You're just ruining it now. Yeah. So please leave. Get yeah, out of here. Exactly. We don't need you anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's where we're left. We're left in a situation where it's like, okay, how are we going to get off the Citadel? How are we going to go after Saren and the Conduit mm. and stop him from what he's going to do? And uh, so that's, that's going to be it for next week. Next week, um, you just finish... Finish the game, complete the story. Sweet. And uh, we'll wrap this up. We're almost out of stars. We're almost out of the Milky Way galaxy, dude. You see the last remnants <laughs> of the last stars. So that's the terminus, or that's the outskirts. Yeah, that's that's the... beyond the Perseus Veil <laughs> uh, to the outer darkness where the Reapers lie way outside yeah. of the galaxy. All right. Oh, vote. Vote for oh, the next vote game. Oh, vote for things. Vote for the next game. And become patrons. <laughs> see you. Peace out. <laughs>